Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I am good, man. We're coming at you for the big episode. What episode is this, Steve? Two hundo. 200, 200 episodes of Live, Let, Thrive, your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Home Away, Overlift, all that share economy fun stuff in the world, man. 200 episodes coming at you from Arlington and Fort Worth, Texas. And wow, it's a big milestone, man. It is, man. I, I, I'm surprised we're here. but We did it. And so it's, it's awesome. And we got two of our LL2, LLT family members with us. Who we got? We got Mike Brown and Federico joining us today. I came up with nicknames for everybody, but I can't I'm read. Federi- I can't read Federico's <laughs> because his is a little um, X-rated. I don't know why. I'm scared. <laughs> I just prefer not to listen to it. Well, you Hi, know, everybody. Our- <laughs> <laughs> Federico in the house from Argentina. Mike Brown from Dallas Plano. Where are you at? Dallas. Okay. Big D. Is that the same as Plano? Is no, man. No, not at all. Okay. No. I thought I thought they considered you make somebody upset when you say that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you lived there all your life. Oh, speaking of Plano, y'all are y'all are being talked about all over the country right now. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, Plano oh, for the, uh, the, the city. Yeah. yeah. No, there was a there was yeah, a rapper city, meeting. Yeah. The city, the city council meeting where this guy got up there and rapped some song about about killing vladimir putin and um, it was just this it's just straight up white dude rapping his butt off and win a full suit and tie it was hilarious man so we gotta put that link in the in the show notes in the yeah, show. That link <laughs> i'll do that and also I, if you follow his instagram that's what he does for a living he goes around to different different city councils and he just wow. starts giving these rants man he he went up to the one in portland where i'm from and he had a rant about uh Biden uh, issuing out crack pipes, and he was, you know, he was like, <laughs> no crack pipes, and he was lighting up a crack pipe in the city count. I was like, this dude is crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he's gas prices man. way too high. Vladimir Putin has to die. <laughs> it was so great. I was just, I loved it. And so, yeah. Besides that, we're talking about uh, uh, some short-term rental economy today. What's going on, man? Man, just uh, stuff going on, man. We uh, things are picking back up. Um. But yeah, I think we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today because uh, th- we, we had to bring this episode to y'all because we got so many texts about episode 197. My boy TJ actually hit me up, was like, dude, we got to do a clubhouse room on that episode. So we had to, I was like, okay, they like the four-headed monster episode. So <laughs> here we are. And uh, Steven, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I want Steven Federico to update us on their account. How, if they, What happened with it? Oh, we got it back. We got it back. So finally, you know, the resolution was... Um, that our account bank lifted, we're back into having all the, list to, the listings uh, able to be booked. 
basically what we did we submitted all the evidence uh, and just to recap if anyone just don't know what we're talking about uh, a few weeks ago we had an inspection in one of the buildings where we had three properties one of the guests never uh, acknowledged or messaged that the next morning we'll have a maintenance uh, uh, an inspection in the building um the next morning after the inspection the same morning of the inspection they sent us a message saying that someone came inside and never knocked and they were taking pictures of them while, while they were sleeping and of course airbnb uh you know opened a case while they were investigating the the the, the incident they um suspended our account i submitted all the proof that what the guest said was not entirely true because yeah, they stepped inside, but they knocked the door and we had the ring camera uh, footage for that. Um, we had emails from, from the uh, um, manager saying that they, the guests woke up, left the room, and then they took the pictures. Um, and some other evidence that I submitted, and finally they come to the decision to give us back our account. Uh, in the meantime, we tried to list new accounts, and this is a, a good learning as well is um, any new account, if you create an account and you want to list multiple properties right away, you're going to get suspended because it looks like uh, you're doing the scam where people, you know, pick pictures from different listings and they list a place that doesn't exist. So their algorithm automatically blocks that account until you prove and you send proof that the address and an and invoice uh, from, from a bill that that actually exists. So yeah, we got it back. Big lesson here is try to spread your listings in different accounts, because if you have an incident in one listing, all your accounts are gonna be affected. If you have different accounts and then you can manage them all from a co-host account, the only listing or account that's gonna be suspended is the one that had the incident and the rest don't get affected. So. Yeah, but we got it back. <laughs> definitely good luck. Happy y'all got for you guys got that back. And yeah, man, definitely having multiple accounts, man. I definitely have a couple of them that I have just for those purposes now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy week, did, man. I was say I must have did a, a lot of back and forth because, I mean, from the time frame that you, you, you guys said you started from when you got it back, I mean, I've had resolutions for, you know, stolen items that have taken longer than that or you know um you know damn other damages and things of that nature so uh to, to it's good to hear that you know whatever you guys did uh expedited that process so and and like with anything i mean with airbnb you, you got to keep on them you got to keep messaging them you got to keep calling them so i'm not sure if there's anything special you guys did aside from just you know send that info but well there are a couple of things um First of all, when you get a case open, it gets sent to one person and you're subject to that person's uh, work schedule. So you got to know that. But you can ask, if you're not comfortable with the person that's dealing with your case, and I wasn't very comfortable, you can ask for a second person to take your case. And that's something you can request to Airbnb and they can change the person that's dealing with your case. I didn't do it because I didn't want to piss off the person I was already managing with the case, just in case. Um, but that's something you can do. And I was just constantly email this person, emailing this person and updating new information. And she's asking what is the status and asking why the rest of the distance are being affected. But anyways, uh, I mean, there was a weekend that she was off. And then on Monday, she, she lifted the, uh, the restriction. 
So it took around four or five days actually, but it was around that time. The other thing that happened is that a few days later, I got a new email from Airbnb saying, we got this incident that it says that there were pictures of your guests. Can you specify what kind of pictures and if the guests were in the pictures? And it was a different person. So my instant response was, this case was closed, why are you asking me again? And it was right, right, like two days after it came out up in the news, that guy in Dallas that was taking uh, mm-hmm. photos and videos of, of guests. So, you know, I think that that creates some tension inside of Airbnb. I just replied um, that, you know, why are you asking me again for, for a case that it was resolved? Then I got an email. We emailed the manager again saying, hey, can you clarify if the guests were in any picture? They say no. I send an email again. And they say, okay, case closed. But I actually asked him, I was like, hey, are you going to do something with this guest? Because they made a, face, a false claim that almost get, get our account banned. We got everything resolved. Um, after they were asking me about, about um, you know, more details on the, on the pictures, I just got an email from the property manager asking her, you know, can you give me more details? Were the guests in any picture? They say no. No, they were not. I sent that. And they say, okay, case resolved. But my, my frustration was, and I, I've, seen the, I've seen this in many Facebook, Facebook groups, people saying all this. You know, Airbnb always sides on the guests. So I asked them, hey, are you going to take any type of measures with this type of guests that are making false claims that almost got my account banned and suspended me for five days from doing business? And they were like, no, we are not going to, we cannot discuss what actions we're going to take. That's, that's, that's the scary part, man. Cause, and, and we were and someone, oh, Fed has sent something earlier, like a TikTok of this, of this chick finding a, a recording device at her Airbnb, you know, allegedly the, you would think, okay, the owner left it there or a previous guest guest might've left something plugged in to film too. You never know. You can't just blame it on the owner or whatever. Or my third uh, possibility is the scariest one for us hosts that they came in with one of those recording devices and they stayed at our place for a week or so. And then all of a sudden, hey, look what we found. We didn't notice it until now. And just to get a free stay on them, but that would get like a felony charge on us. You know what I'm saying? If, if they can prove or they can say that, hey, this was there and they're recording us or whatever. And so it's, it's like a little USB thing with a little SD card in the back was plugged into the wall. And, and somehow she discovered it, put it on TikTok. Hey, look. And then it, all of a sudden the next frame shows her talking to the police. And it's like, oh, crap. You know, it sucks if that happens. If a host does that to somebody, of course, that's awful. But what I'm scared of is also is uh, a guest doing that to one of us, you know. And so um, and there's and as you saw, Federico, hey, they, they shut us down for five days, but there's no repercussions at all for uh, a guest doing something like that to a host. That's pretty awful. Um, one thing I, I came up with something and I'm still working on it is, is like put in, in the house rules or something. Hey, we do not leave anything plugged into any walls aside from the TVs and appliances. If you find anything, any, you know, chargers, electrical devices of any sort, please let us know immediately because your safety is our number one priority. You know, that that's okay. It's for the guests, whatever, but more it's for us showing Airbnb. Hey, check this out. This is something we put in all of our listings to make sure the guests check and see if there's anything plugged in anywhere the suspicious, you know, that at least might help cover our asses if something like that, if there's a shady guest that's going to try some shit like that on us. So 
yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I think that's a really good idea. Um, that because that's something that you know that's coming up, and now you know, in you know, like guests do try to get free stays. It's Airbnb, yep. right? And they'll protect it. Um, yeah, that's a good idea, Steve. And I'm, I'm 100% with you. I just wrote down a note to put that in all my listings as well. <laughs> Removing charger, yeah. I, you know, I I I, I should have messaged to all of our cleaning crews with a screenshot of the TikTok video. I say, hey, uh, Tim, there's been a lot of posts in social media lately about guests being photographed and, fil- and recorded in, in Airbnbs. Please make sure you are looking into the, the, the outlets for any, any left uh, phone charge or th- this is how they look. And also people can sneak those on the uh, smoke detectors. So I tell them if you can check from time to time, they'll be awesome. Quick question. My, my question is, did, did you guys, I'm assuming probably not, were, were you all able to capture any like business interruption, like reimbursement for those days that you couldn't, you couldn't list and so on and so forth? Or in that, I'm assuming, did you have to cancel some bookings because of this on that same uh, property or no? No, no, we didn't have to cancel anything. We, we, we could still run the, the reservations we had. Uh, even in the same listing, because again, they were investigating the issue. They were not, you know, they were just not letting us get new bookings or book using Airbnb as a traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, there, there were, you know, luckily our clients' um, properties were in their accounts. So there were, those were not affected. And I was able to, to list some of the, the listings I got suspended, the ones that were vacant. For the upcoming days, I will have some vacancy. We are able to up, uh, list them in an existing account, and we got bookings there. So, I was gonna say, so does that like uh, I know you 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 vary, and it's depending on client preference and so on and so forth, whether or not they use their own account versus your account. Uh, obviously, there may be some benefit to to adding all of them underneath your umbrella because then. You could uh, market them in a certain way that obviously boosts your ratings if you have good positive reviews. But does this, this kind of offloading some of that help reduce liability and risk for things like this? So if something happens, they're the ones that are affected and not your account? Or how do you kind of? So. I, I, I think so for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is cancellation rates. You never know when your client is going to have to shut down their Airbnb if they, and this is something we talk about as well, if their lease says that they can do Airbnb, but you never know if they change management and suddenly they need to, to shut down their Airbnb. And if you need to, even though Airbnb, you can work with Airbnb when that happens to get all the cancellations done properly, still, I think it's better to keep it separate for that reason. The, all, the other part is that they get paid to their, that's something you can set up, that, that, that's something you can arrange if you can put your account into their profile, but usually our clients get paid and then we invoice them at the end of the month. Other management companies, what they do is they, they get all, all the, the, the payouts and then they pay their, the clients after taking expenses and management fees and cleaning fees. I think we have a, uh, the, the relationship that we have with our clients allow us to just, you know, invoice them and pay anything that has to be paid throughout the month. But it, I think thinking it on a, on a business per perspective, it's always better to have the cash first and then pay them. Hmm. How, how long yeah, did it because... take you guys to get your account back? 
I was around five days. Five days. It was it, it was three days of work in the resolution, but two days the 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 girl was off. Uh, and Which I never, I thing. never, I never realized that, or I mean, I do realize that you know they do have off days or whatever, but how much that impacts the timeline for resolutions in general? Because I mean, with all the people they have working, I mean, they can't. I guess they don't feel comfortable transferring someone else's case in this in the fact that they're not there, but. I mean, if, I feel like if everything is logged and documented, you should easily be able to transition that to someone else, especially for something that's, you know, as high priority and uh, as expedited as this is. You know what I mean? Hmm. But let me let me tell you something about how how Airbnb works uh, for that. Most of that those jobs are outsourced, right? Yeah, they're outsourced in the Philippines. So actually, if you get a BA from the Philippines working for your company, there's a big chance you're gonna get someone with experience on Airbnb. So actually, one of our employees had uh, has worked on Airbnb. We had another one that uh, her her brother works on Airbnb, and of course, for for uh, company policies, they cannot share or help in those situations, but they can put some good feedback and input on how to deal with the resolutions so that that that's something good if you're going to look for for a ba in the philippines ask them if they work or they know someone that works uh on airbnb nice hmm. real quick going back to going back to the cameras just i just want to touch on it real quick this is a big deal a big issue so let's say i don't know if i would want to put these in i mean in all my units, but the, uh, if you look up on Amazon um, camera finder, hidden camera finder, whatever, they make these little devices that a guest can like, you know, push a button to go around. And, and if, if I guess if they see a light or feedback of some sort, it'll alert them there might be some kind of recording device. Anyways, they start off around 16 bucks and go up to like, you know, 70, 80 bucks. I think it might be, I mean, if let's say if you have that one house, like uh, Mr., you know, one of our, some of our clients have uh, just that one house making them, you know, 10,000, 15,000 bucks a month. That's not a bad investment. 50 bucks, have it in there. And, and so you, you won't get shut down on your only source of income, right? Man, if someone if, get that for your cleaners. Get that for, let's get that for our cleaners. That's a good idea. That's a good idea because it could is because, yeah, a previous guest might set up some some crazy stuff just to just to record some people. You know, that's a good idea. Good idea for the cleaners. At least get one for your cleaners. So back to some positive stuff. This is some this is some gloomy <laughs> doomy. This is episode 200. We're having fun. It's just the day after St. Patty's Day. So cheers. salut, cheers, lunchy, all that fun stuff. Uh, virtual. Yes. Lancha. I, I wanted to actually touch on something that you and Federico brought up about your uh, <laughs> putting rainbows to, you know, cater to the, no, 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 seriously, it's, it's a good idea, you know, uh, putting rainbows to cater to the LGBT community in one of your units. Uh, like, can you tell us what that experience has been like? And like, have you noticed like better guests or, you know, guests it's, from that community or how, how's it working out for you? It's been fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said it on the, on the last episode, Double income, no kids, no kids uh, is amazing, amazing guess. Thanks. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, seriously, uh, I, I, from my previous work, I, I've been involved in the community a lot. That I have, you know, a lot of friends, and, and, and you know, it's just the best type of travelers. They have fun. They take care of your place in general, right? You can. There, there's always exceptions. Man, they're amazing. So what we did is like uh, we always talk about catering for your avatar. We have this uh, unit near the the the, the LGBTQ uh, neighborhood in in Dallas, right, Oklahoma. 
Um, so our title always had a rainbow, right? That was my and idea. That's that his idea. That's like and a rainbow now, there. something I've been doing for some of my properties, I've been doing like a collage for the cover picture just to do something different. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting like two pictures of, of the property and two pictures of the area or two pictures inside the property and then an amenity like the pool and then the and I put um, there, there's an Oglon that there's like a sign that says Oglon uh, with with the, with the flag, and I put that one, and it's getting more traction as well. Um, so yeah, it's been working. I was wondering. Take a, take a step back. So you, you you said avatar for for those that don't know what that mean that term means. Kind of explain that. Like what does avatar mean? You're not talking about like the the blue guy from the movie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Your avatar so, is your desired guest, the guest that you want to serve at any particular unit. You know, so if we have a house and this nice neighborhood, we're going to want families there. We don't want frat boys partying there. Right. So we're going to do everything we can to market to, and get those kind of clients. And like in, in the neighborhood, you want to you want to attract guests, the dinks, double income, no kids. You know, it's cool. Families, too. Everybody loves the rainbow. And um, but you want to really target to, to your clientele that, that you want to stay there. That's going to be a good fit for that area. You know, so it's your avatar is your desired guest you want to serve. I'm happy you guys. And the reason why I asked about the LGBTQ thing and how you guys were attracting them is because um, we had a uh, LGBTQ people stay at one of our normal places that we weren't advertising for them. But we realized they like extra privacy, just, you know, things such as discrimination, things of that nature. And so I was wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you guys found that you could cater to that community and then they can feel safe in your listing knowing, hey, it's in this neighborhood because we had, I forgot what happened. Um, I think we had one of our maintenance people go out and they were working on the outside AC unit and they kind of hit us up all freaked out. You know, they were like, hey, it's someone here, which they weren't doing anything. The person wasn't doing anything. He was there working on maintenance stuff. But on the other side, I didn't see me. I'm so far away from my listings. I don't know who these people are, but my mom knew who she was. She was like, she was like, yeah, we probably should have warned them that someone was coming, which I think we did. But, you know, the person went out there and then my mom was like, yeah, because they were, you know, they were from the LGBTQ community. They like to have their own privacy, you know, so that's cool that you guys were able to kind of cater to that in that nature. Uh, yeah, I would think everybody wants privacy, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I see do, what you're saying, though. Yeah. I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to put them in, like, um, you know, southern Alabama or something like that. We're getting off the deep end here. This is... <laughs> I don't know what... So it's, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, we love... I, mean, I, love, I, I, we love we need to keep it real and we, we understand that people sometimes are not going to be comfortable <laughs> in certain situations, right? I mean, it, it's like this, this this house in Arlington that we have, right? That is in He's this... Three uh, beers in, by the way, man. That's my first beer. Hey, I used to be in a lesbian band. I swear to God, I was in a lesbian band. I sang and played guitar in a three-piece les lesbian band. So oh, I, was the only, I was the only non-lesbian. Well... You, That's I, why you wear the long hair. I, I, can, <laughs> ah, I remember that. I, I, remember I, I that. tell yeah. you, I tell you, I, I, I played all. We played all over Oakland and stuff like that. You know the the neighborhood, and they were the best. You know, best people. I love those girls, and I, I guarantee you, no nobody in the crowd was looking at me. They were looking at the the bass player and the drummer. So that's my. Oh no, man! If your hair was long, they might have you know. And until I turned around, right? 
<laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Federico. We're having fun today, guys. Come on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you know, it, it, it was funny because we got this. Uh, this happened to a house I talked about a few times. You know, it's in a how you call it, a gentrified um, neighborhood. Yeah, gentrified. Uh, and we got the we got this guest that you know she's looking at the picture. You you know it, it was a cat. Just from the picture. I mean, it's it's wrong. You should not. You know, put people in in into boxes. You know, just looking at the picture, but you can tell. The way the answer, yeah, Karen, and she was just the way she was answering to to her messages. It was like I was waiting for her to complain about something. I I was waiting for it to come. We even, you know, we're charging the deposit, but it was the first time she was using Airbnb. It looked like uh, from her profile. So we told her she has to pay the deposit, and she was like, "But I already paid the deposit uh, the Airbnb." I was like, "Okay, it's fine." I mean. You know what? It's like we, we may want to avoid confrontation because they haven't arri- arrived already, and we know that w- when they arrive, they may have something to complain about about the, the, the area. And then they broke a, a, a coffee a coffee mug. I was like, it's, it's okay, don't worry. I just let the owner know. I say, hey, listen, they broke a coffee mug. It's like five bucks. I'd rather not to open a resolution. Just the stick cost and get a five star review because she says she will leave a five star review. Uh, and I said, she looks like a complicated guest. <laughs> so the owner said, uh, told me, like, why do you think, wh- wh- what makes you think she was a complicated guest? Right? I was like, okay, how can I tell you? It's not just a picture. It's the way she was answering the, the messages, the communication. It's just experience. Mm, yeah. Sometimes, you know, the guest is on the other side. You can tell with, you know, you get the feeling that, okay, sometimes it's better just to lose five bucks from the from the coffee mug and get a good review and leave it there and avoid any 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 kind of message that may erase uh any kind of confrontation mm. it's hard it's hard it's hard to decide and you know it's hard to, to let it go and just avoid those confrontations but sometimes you gotta do it well yeah and to, to piggyback off of that one of the things we had talked about last time so you're talking about you know so for somebody that has booked you know whether they just before they arrive or even after they get there you know you kind of have to have that gut feeling and filter. And I think that's where, you know, some of the automation and AI is somewhat limited on the screening process is you still should have that kind of human, human touch to it is, you know, knowing when to say no to certain guests based on that, that kind of demeanor on the front end and the types of questions they're asking. Cause you know, you know, you have those screening questions to say, Hey, why are you here? So on and so forth and, and whatnot. And then for some people that aren't sophisticated with their calendars and their pricing strategy and so on and so forth, especially for those that still are allowing one night stays, which there's no problem with that. You can do one night stays. You just have to have the proper protocol and screening process in place to mitigate any you know, risk for parties and so on and so forth, especially for houses is, you know, be, being willing to say no, right. Um, to, 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 to minimize something bad, you know, happening. Um, and I'll give you, you know, an example, you know, one that's pretty common for folks that have been in the industry for a while is, you know, you get that one night booking on a Friday night, right. Or even a Saturday night. It's like, that's cause for suspicion right there. So, I mean, on the front end, you should already have that, you know, set up in your calendar in a way that kind of minimizes that. Um, but also if you think about the other piece to that too, is when people will say, Hey, well, if you're a local, like some people don't allow locals at all, regardless, which mm-hmm. I feel like is kind of short-sighted, right? Especially because of the, in, or not the industry, the uh, 
the way the uh, the space is right now is at least here in Dallas. There's tons of people doing remodels, so they need somewhere to stay while they're getting their kitchen redone. So you're going to get a lot of locals, right? And that can yep. be a lot of potential lost revenue. So it's not a one size fits all. Um, you kind of have to flex, right? Be flexible. Um, I don't know. I kind of went down a rabbit hole there, but to, just to say to 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 kind of you know resonate what you mentioned about being able to have the cadence or understand the language of the guests to know how to navigate, right? Uh, let, let me just. Oh, sorry, because there are three things that are amazing for anyone starting an Airbnb right now about what um, Mike was mentioning. Three things real quick. One, communication. I, I tell this to my BAs all the time. With the technology you have nowadays, you can actually automate hospitable to answer questions, general questions. You can uh, automate it to answer about AC, deposit, early check-in. You can automate all of that. And I always tell them. I want a human on the other side to put a human perspective on top of the automation. That's why you're here. So you need to understand that part of, you know, what questions you want to ask based on the profile, their questions, or the, 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 the length of stay. That's one thing. Another thing is minimum stays. If you, a very, very common error when you're a newbie is, you know, you, you want to you wanna get the, the calendar booked and you have a one night stay and one night uh, or for night um, you know, it's a Friday or a Saturday. You can also put systems in place. If you use a smart, um, a dynamic pricing tool, you have rules to put in place where if your minimum stay is two nights for the weekends or three nights, if you have an orphan night of one night to be able to be booked, but you can also put a rule where if it's an orphan night of one night to increase the price, and that's what I do. I have a rule that it says, if there's an orphan night, only one night in between two bookings and it's a Friday or a Saturday, you can let people book, but you're going to increase the price 40%. So you're paying a premium for staying one night on a weekend. Okay. Man, both of y'all touched on some key stuff. Y'all talked about it. occupancy, y'all talked about locals, and you talked about when to say no. Man, so on the when to say no, sometimes it's hard to say no, depending on how much that book, booking is. You know what I'm saying? That booking might be like, you know, three, four bands. You know, you like, ah! to say no to that so let me tell you a situation that happened to me down in houston man this dude requested a book it was like 3500 for a month i was Ooh. like damn on a two-bedroom i was like damn man i'm like i don't know if i want to reject that but he had a three and a half star average rating so i was like well let me do some background information and i said i start sending him questions like well why are you coming to town you know and i'm like and i i'll straight i'll straight honest with him i'm like hey man i'm gonna be honest with you you have a three and a half star average rating um, looks like you've been a problem at your previous people. And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. It happened at one. Well, he was like, it was one guest that left me a bad review. He goes, he left me a bad review because I, uh, his, I guess he said the washer and dryer was broke and he didn't want to fix it. So we talked and I accepted him. Dude was the guest from hell. Never <laughs> was, yeah, no, dude was the guest from hell. Like everything, just complaining accidentally complained that he got locked into the apartment, not out into the apartment, just all types of shit. Right. So then he asked to be, he asked to cancel the review, the, the, the reservation because the, uh, cause the place was pink. So I'm like, okay. So I, I remember I'm only communicating through the app. So Airbnb, I let Airbnb. And then he, what he did was he took the, uh, he was the guy who took the, uh, the smoke detector off the wall. Mm. We took it off the wall and took a picture. Norman hits me up. He was like, hey, bro, you got to go ahead and call Airbnb. He goes, have somebody call Airbnb because 
he goes, he can get you in trouble for that. So we called Airbnb. Airbnb cancels the stay, but I got to collect all the money from him for it being a long-term stay because I had all the proof that he wanted to leave because it was a pink room and he took the smoke detector off the wall. So even for the nights he didn't stay. Yep. They they hooked the the brother up. Now check that's a win because I for every every situation, it's only happened to us twice, but then some other folks that I know of too. Regardless of what happens, I've seen that people they do not get any money for any nights that they have not stayed. Yeah. So for for example, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. ahead. Oh, so I was gonna say, in order for that to work, you have to have all your communication up to date and you have to let them. That's why I always let them communicate because they'll put themselves out there. Like he straight said, I don't want to be here because the place is pink. I'm like, mm, okay. And then he sends the picture of the smoke detector. I'm like, okay. And I already know my, my cleaner would have, I have the best cleaner in Houston. She would have sent that to me, right? So I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna let it play out. And then we called Airbnb, got him up out of there. We And then funny thing was he started hitting me up after he left because he thought he was getting a refund. He was like, can I get a refund? And I was like, nah, man, you violated the rules. You were trying to uh basically uh what's the word i'm looking for drink flowing through me uh extort me right so you know so he was trying to extort me so i didn't give him a refund so i will say this from my experience if trust the reviews yeah they have a three and a half star they a three and a half star guest Mm -hmm. don't don't trust their reviews now another thing i'll go ahead go ahead mike because i have another pot top point go ahead on reviews since we're talking about that I've I've heard that some people, I, I don't know if this is considered profiling, there's not really a way that Airbnb will probably counter or change this in the future because it's it's important for this very reason, is that some people, if you have zero reviews, if they don't already have security deposits as a part of their normal process by default, then if you have zero reviews, they'll say, hey, we're gonna, because you're you know you you're new, so on and so forth, you have zero reviews. We have to require a security deposit, which is refundable. Um, in that case, is that is that valid? Is that legal? Is that profiling? Um, it, it makes sense. Well, but in those remember. situations, I mean, because if you think about it, it, and even now more than ever, since you know the remote remote working and travel and so on and so forth, there's probably more. I don't have the statistics. More of new folks on Airbnb now mm-hmm. than 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 ever it has been, right? Uh, because of this influx. There was a number that that most of the guests nowadays booking, there were new guests. And, you know, as a host, you always get that when you list a new place, not always, but sometimes you get that question. It's like, oh, I have some concerns because I see you don't have any reviews yet. Mm-hmm. So the same way that guests do it, we can do it yeah, as it well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and I think it's very valid. I, my team, what I'm doing is I'm always asking to verify their ID. If they don't have verified, I'm not taking... That's another very common error when you're new on Airbnb. You want to get bookings. You want to fill the calendar no matter what. I was like, oh, I don't want to ask them their ID because I just want them to book and accept it right away. No, just ask them to refer their ID. Don't accept uh, third-party bookings. We actually had an, uh, a problem with that. That, you know, it's touching on two points that you were mentioning. Uh, accepting a booking for someone else on behalf of someone else and also the communication on the chat that Micah said, you got to keep it on the chat. I had a person saying, I'm, I'm going to book for a client. Okay. It's been a calendar that is a property that haven't been doing, you know, excellent. It has been doing okay. And he was asking for additional discount. It was a, he said, it's a client of mine. I'm going to book for him. I said, okay. And she's going to ask you, he, he had really good reviews. Uh, and I told him, I'm going to let you book, but send me the idea of the person staying in the property. 
here, here was a, I mean, I gave him a really good review, but we want, it was a slow month. So we just wanted to make sure we're, you know, covering rent and making some profit. The guy stayed that, you know, the person who were, was communicating, so the person who booked was a little bit pushy on some requests, especially when, uh, you know, the, the water heater was not working properly. And so he was very pushy, especially when we were so kind and, you know, offering a discount. But then when, when the guy checked out, the, the place was a mess. All the furniture was rearranged. It was very dirty, uh, closet door broken, missing a lamp. So there were a lot of things that were wrong. So we, we put um, a request, um, you know, an air cover request. Anyway, the guy, he, he was very pushy on, I don't want to have a bad review, uh, but uh, my client said that he left everything impeccable, so probably someone came inside while after he, he checked out. You know, the thing is, it came down to Airbnb paid for the extra cleaning. I told him, okay, I'm sending you 25 bucks for the uh, lamp that is missing. And he said, I'm willing to give you extra money to get a good review. Tell me how much I need to send you. I know and my BA who worked for Airbnb, she was very quick and she she was like, that's extortion. Don't give him anything. Don't, don't ask him for anything. So I put very big capital letters. I put like, if Airbnb, this is totally against Airbnb policies and ethic procedures. If Airbnb is monitoring this conversation, I want to be very clear. I'm not accepting any money for a good review in turn of leaving you a good review, right? I put it like very big, but man, you gotta be careful with that because that they can use that against you. Mm. Ooh, you just touched on something. You, you touched on another thing, third party reservations. I'm gonna tell you why I don't accept them. I, unless they're at my timeshares, I'll let you do it all day. Cause hell, you got to put a card. So in order for you to check in, you have to give your ID and put a card on file. Other places, I don't accept them. And the reason why I don't accept them because it turns into too many lines of communication. A lot of people will say, oh, we'll call them at this number. No, you communicate with your people. So yeah. that's why I don't, hey, if you're a third party, don't come to me. Don't buy to book any of my places, except for if you're, you know, at the timeshares, I don't care. But like any of my places that I own, we're not doing third party. Uh, if you're not showing up, don't book. Then, now another thing about locals and third party. Because a lot of people will third party a local because like Mike said, people are having houses built, things of that nature. And then Mike, you touched on something very important. The locals is also a very market dependent thing, right? So in Dallas, you mm. will have a lot of locals booking because they haven't houses built right now. Houston, same thing, houses being built. So they're not necessarily trying to, they, they just need a place to stay, right? Um, now in Arkansas, where it's smaller, I'm not accepting no locals because you can keep your ass at home, you know, or go to a hotel that like straight up because it's just the market of it. <laughs> and the one time we accepted locals, they had a whole party in there and then they had a big ass sign outside of my house and the police went over there and it was a, uh, Something like Keisha's get fucked up party, and they were having a huge party. There. Like, they, had it real. they had it on this big ass yellow piece of paper. My cousin took a picture of this and to me. It was like Keisha's get fucked up party, and they had this party at my place. So, and what we had them all removed or whatnot, but it was throw up and blood everywhere. Um, oh my god! So yeah, so locals is very dependent upon your market. So remember that locals is very dependent upon your market, and you guys talked about one night stays. I do not accept one night stays, even on orphan days. I won't even mark it up because the reason is I've learned to sacrifice occupancy for revenue, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So usually in between, like, because I, I remember I get longer term stays, mid to long term. I'm like, is that one night really worth 
a $3,000 booking that's coming in. You know what I'm saying? Let's just say I market up to 500 for that night, right? Is that 500 really worth a 3,000 booking that's coming in? And let's say they destroy the place. And now you're at a 3,000 bucks. I'm like, mm, is it really worth it? So you also have to look at that as well. That, that's my rant and rabbit hole of stuff. I, I agree. And the one night we, we only, uh, we let people book one night just in the next 30 days, not later. Um, and again, it's just, and it's just, um, with at a premium, right? Uh, it, if it's a weekend, if it's a weekend and not for night, it's going to be on a premium. So you got to pay. And that's all only, that's only on apartments, not in houses. I'm not going to. What do you do to protect yourself? Like, let's say they go in there, they pay the 500 and they, uh, they had a biggest project X party ever. How do you protect yourself? Like, okay, no, for real. They have a big pro project X party. How do you protect yourself of the next guest coming in? So then, hey, like, hey, if they fuck up the place and that next guest can't check in, what why, what protections do you put in place? Well, in in theory, well, I, I, if you have proper insurance uh, or any kind of insurance, I know they will protect you for the loss of the upcoming bookings. That's another question. What's your plan? Well, that's well, I was gonna say, and that's if if it if you hit your premium, I mean your uh, your deductible, right? Which yeah. In most cases, a thousand dollars. They have to do a thousand dollars of damage, or in your case, like you said, it prevents you from if, if there's all those bookings you have to cancel is worth a thousand dollars, then it, it may be worth it or more, now, right? Let, let me ask you something. On, now, on Airbnb air, air cover should do that now too. I, I was going to tell Ooh, you that air cover. It. Air cover should be covering you for that if you are losing upcoming bookings that are from Airbnb, right? They're not. Air cover ain't covered shit. I'm about to give y'all the full rundown. Air cover ain't covering shit. Now, this is what happened. This is twice. Remember remember that time I had the guest bake? Y'all seen the TikTok I did or the reel I did with the get bed being broken, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I had to cancel a guest because that bed was broken and it wouldn't be available. I asked them too, and I was like, okay. This guest broke the bed. They admitted to breaking the bed. They said, yeah, I broke the bed. Uh, you know, we're willing to pay for it. They paid for it. But I'm like, okay, it took three or four days to get the bed there. And I had to cancel the reservation. Air cover said, oh, we can't cover that. So wow. Airbnb is full of shit. Once again, they, they, they selling a <laughs> bunch of bullshit. Air cover doesn't have, unless if anybody out there, send me an Instagram DM. If air cover has covered a reservation that you had to cancel due to a previous guest, or if they've covered a reservation, if they've covered loss of income, I, I might be doing it wrong. I'll, you know, if I'm doing it wrong, I'm doing it wrong, but it's happened twice now. So that's my air cover rent. It ain't covering mm. that. It's covering a bunch of air bullshit, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, some uh, important, some important I wanted to ask you guys about. Okay. And uh well Mikey Mikey Brown just stepped out a second. Let me see. But we can start talking to it and then and then bring Mikey Brown in. Um I'm calling it the rent increase tsunami that's mm. gonna happen. And it's already happening. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for example, um Federico forwarded me a, a, an email we got from a client in oversaturated Houston on top of that. Um so <laughs> saying that his rent's going to go up by $325 a month. And it's already, I mean, okay, Houston's already a tough market, right, for the oversaturation. And so this rent increase is going to is going to really hurt. Now, what I was going to ask you, Micah, and I'll ask Mike and Mike Brown when he gets back. 
what would you do in situations like this where you're making you're making okay money for a guest or a client in a, in a neighborhood that might be you know or a place the city is kind of saturated but you know like this if they stay at this place their rent increase plus your percentage you're getting paid to manage it is going to really i mean they're probably they probably won't make profit what do you what would you do in that situation to help out the, the client me and mikey b are actually in that situation right now um, so basically the rent went up on our re- new renewals that came in. Um, so the rent went up, right? So now the rent's going up and it's went up like two. No, his rent went up. Mike, how much did your rent go up on that one bedroom? Uh, two thirty. So his rent went up two thirty, right? So mm-hmm. now you have to look at it. Okay. And then I'm going to touch on Houston because Houston's very interesting. So <laughs> we, I, we've already assessed that people are willing to pay more due to inflation and rent increases. So we'll renew, right? Now in a situation like Houston, you're already struggling to get people in there because it's saturated. In that situation where I know the market probably can't sustain the rent increase, you can either change your target avatar or walk away. And what I mean by that is Houston is a very sophisticated market. I'm doing pretty well in Houston because I'm simply I'm doing things that an amateur can't do with their calendar. Like I said, most of my calendar, most of my uh, places are uh, long mid to long term. So I've manipulated my calendar to attract those people. Most people aren't going to do that. So I'll say this. If your market can sustain the new rent, go ahead and stay. And is it sustaining it to the point that you're making the profit that you want to make? If it's not, then I'll, I would walk away. But if you can simply stay there. I, I guess my thing is we're, we're managing for him. So, and we're taking our 20% cut, you know what I'm saying? So same thing. It, same thing. Here's the thing. I'm kind of leaning towards. We'll give them a break on the percentage we charge for management. If they're going to stay there, if it makes sense that way. And mm-hmm. it, it is why, because I would rather get some money from, from their already existing, you know, listing with us than them just leaving that place altogether and getting zero dollars. That, that sounds good in theory, right? That sounds very good in theory, but you have to look at it like this. Is that money worth your time in, in your resources? You have to look at it like that. I mean, a lot of people say, well, 0% of a deal is better than no deal. You know, 0% of a deal. I hear people saying that, but I'm yeah. like, is it really worth your time and resources? You know, because I'll go ahead. If we have our systems in place and our VAs can take care of that, listing fairly easy because they already know it inside and out and it's not really going to add any more time I mean, but wait, I don't know. doesn't that put a strain on you if you're going to decrease what you're already making off of it right yeah. that puts well, do that for all your other listings mm-hmm. right yeah the, the, the thing that's what happened with the rest of the clients where are, are we being fair just because your yours is not performing but 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 the reason the other reason why i say this too is are you then enabling that client to to, to continue to pursue a venture that may not work otherwise under mm. normal conditions, right? Like, I, I think, and maybe this is an, a, the next level or the, what do you call it, the evolution of co-hosts and, and property managers. And I, I get it. The reason why they don't do this now, potentially, is because, yeah, you, you may lose some clients, right? But if you are educating your client in a way and giving that transparency on, hey, you know, the margins, you know, are starting to get slim. We need, we need to either make some changes or you need to reconsider, you know, when those renewals come up. And that's one of the reasons why I said, hey, for anyone that's co-hosting, make sure that you know 
when those renewals are going to happen for all those arbitrages so that for one you have the calendar in place to be able to, to potentially block off or get ahead of that and say hey are you still going to renew let's take a look at the numbers from the past couple of months or past year so on and so forth because to be honest i I don't know, maybe your clients are different, but I don't know how often those clients are actually looking at the numbers and it's especially have multiple prop, uh, multiple properties in a portfolio, right? Like how, how well are they doing uh, individually as opposed and, to overall? Uh, uh, and you know, further into that, this is my question to your client. What is your client's end goal? If their end goal is to make a certain amount of money and that rent increase ain't gonna give it to them, plus you taking your regular percentage, I don't think it's worth it as a client. Go, go ahead, Frederico. No, I, I was going to say, um, well, th this particular client, he wants to keep investing on Airbnb because the first months we did over there were very profitable. We started off very well. Now, if I look at the timeline and I listen to what, what people are saying, they're saying that from September last year to now, there was an increase of 60% on short-term rentals in the Houston market, right? Probably September is when, when, when things start to slow down, especially going to slow months. So that single that that particular property was the worst performing property in our in our entire portfolio, and of course you know your, your client sometimes clients they they take a, on, on this as an investment. A lot of people jump into Airbnb as an investment uh, because they see what a lot of people talk about that you know it's a great investment. You you make uh, all this income. You can make it passive if you give someone to to manage it for you. But the re reality you know is that sometimes some markets get challenging. And I've been looking very closely to market dashboards in price apps. And that, that's, that's the most frustrating part because, you know, I go, uh, this particular property was, was depriving my sleep because I was going to sleep. It's like, what can I do to get more profit here? Mm -hmm. But people are, not, people are not willing to pay in this market right now for more. So when I look at the market dashboard, I look for the numbers for similar properties in my area. And I look what we were doing. We were doing better than the average. So it's not that I was doing something wrong. It's not that we were doing something, you know, that, that we we're missing something. It's just like that we were not getting the bookings because there's no people, people are not willing to pay what we were asking, you know, to, 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 to make the profit that we're looking for. So that, that's something that is happening, man. I mean, I, I think, I think there's certain, if you want to jump into Airbnb right now, you need to make sure you are educated. I think that's the main goal because it's like everything else. It becomes this gold rush where you see a lot of people jumping into something and a lot of people sharing their success stories. And the truth is that you can make that, but you need to have the tools and you need the resources and you need to be prepared. A couple of years ago was Amazon FBA. Now it's Airbnb. And there's going to be something else. And there's crypto and things like that, right? There's a lot of businesses, but you need to educate yourself in order to be successful. That's for me the main thing i think then, airbnb is running into an issue where or short-term rentals mm -hmm. it's going to could i think short-term rentals and airbnb is here to stay it's just the host type is going to change yeah. so people who are just in this to get rich or get a quick buck those days are over with because it's now sophisticated i think the people that want to make a sustainable business get wealthy i think that opportunity is still going to be there and I think that's what Houston is oversaturated with. So if you look at Houston and Atlanta, a lot of their hosts, even when you talk to the people down there, if you go into their groups, who, who, who are the hosts there? You have to look at who's the host. 20-year-olds, young 20-year-olds trying to make a quick buck. 
So if you go to like a vacation rental market, you know why they're still sustainable? Who are the hosts? Seasoned older. professionals. Yes, seasoned older professionals and the people that go there are going there with a team. They're going there with team and a knowledge. The Airbnb, like we said, Airbnb exposed short-term rentals to all this lights, glamour, Hollywood. Who's all attracted to that? Young kids. And they're hopping in and they're, you know, like I talk to people, young kids on Airbnb who do Airbnb and they be saying stuff that don't even make sense, bro. Like they'll be like, like I'm hearing people, you know, and, and do to certain channel, you know, people, people have it's so much knowledge out there, right? People don't even know what a millionaire is anymore. They think if you make a million dollars a year on Airbnb, you're a millionaire. I'm like, you got to have assets to be a millionaire, brother. You got to, your assets take away your liabilities, make you a millionaire. If you, if you run around bragging that you don't have no assets, like the only thing you have is cash, bro. You ain't even close. So, <laughs> That's, you know, yeah. And I'll let Steve go, but yeah, it's just look at who's the host in that area. Like yep. places like Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, it's going to be a lot of young people in there because it's just so flashy. But go, go ahead, Steve. I, I guess you, know, you, you brought up a, a great point is the assets part of it. And that's what that's what's getting exposed the most with the with the rent increases, with the, let's say, mortgage increases, the, the taxes increases, everything, goods increases is is like wow you know we used when we were a couple years ago we were making like 20 30 grand a month you know people were saying i was making that cash money and they thought they were set and all of a sudden now the the margins are getting slimmer and slimmer and and you and you mentioned earlier well you know the the, the, they might pay more because of inflation i would i would combat that a little bit because not only is inflation attacking us from this side right and um, the newbies are coming in in droves from the other side with the low ass priced, you know, Airbnbs. So they're giving people like this badass house or the two bedroom, three bedroom condo for like a hundred bucks a night. So we're fighting against that. The newbies coming in, they just want to make, yeah, shit, I got to make rent. I got to price my thing, you know, race to the bottom, price it low. And the other end, inflation's eating our, you know, asses. <laughs> Not to put it. I, 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 and, and so I, I, we're stuck I, I, in the middle. I'm Let me tell you something real quick. Go ahead. I'm about to hit you with it. What's Let me tell you something real quick about inflation because I know inflation is a hot topic in the U.S. And I can I can say myself, I can present myself as an expert on inflation because, as you know, I live in a country that has 50%. This year, so this month, the inflation in my country was 4.6% a month. A month. A month, not a year, a month, right? What happens with inflation, because I, I know we discussed, it's like, okay, when we charge more for guests, that takes time to adjust because inflation is going to hit first on the operating costs and then the small businesses are going to raise their 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 their, 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 their uh, what they charge and their profits later it takes time to adjust i see it here all the time we have inflation because why because you cannot combat uh, uh, your providers energy you cannot combat those, those prices going up right but then the small businesses are the ones that need to stay competitive. So you can't raise the prices as you want to match the inflation as fast as you want. So there's going to be a, you know, there, there's going to be a time to adjust to the inflation rate when it comes to the end small business. And I think you are going to see that happening. What Lay it on us, Micah. Lay it on us, Micah. So the reason why I say people will pay is because of who your target avatar is, right? So let's say you're catering to people who are getting a house built. They're willing to pay that, that, that increased charge. 
hell, they're going through inflation. They they're getting a house built. They they know the full blunt brunt of inflation, right? Because it's a blunt. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> that too. But the, they know the full brunt of inflation because look, their their material costs are going up. So they understand, hey, we're gonna have to pay more because we know rents are going up. So you got to think about it. if the rent's going up, is your average person who's good, let's just say someone who's not going to arbitrage the place, are they willing to pay that rent? They have to be. Mm-hmm. And if you ain't, if you ain't willing, you're about to be homeless, bro. Sorry. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So people are willing to pay that. So if that rent goes up and everyone's rent is 1800 for a two bedroom, and now you have to arbitrage the place, they're willing to pay it. But on the other side, let's say you own the property, you own the asset my mortgage stays the same and I'm now going to charge what you're going to charge as the arbitrage spot. And I'm about to make a bigger margin. Uh, only problem with that. I mean, mm-hmm. your mortgage don't stay the same if you're doing the escrow or whatever. And, and a lot of people do escrow, right? So I did. It happened to me one time. I had, a, I had a house in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a house, I have a house, still have it. It was 1500 bucks a month mortgage, whatever. All of a sudden taxes shot through the roof, you know? <sighs> And, I, and it went from 1500 bucks a month to 2000 a month, my mortgage. And I was like, what the? F-? In one year, in the first year, I bought it. You know, so the first year, I got grandfathered in at the low tax, whatever. And the next year, it just skyrocketed, dude. So, yes, mortgages go up, too. Not just rents. Mortgages Depending go up. on where you invest. What did I say a year ago when I did a 1031 on that <laughs> condo? I said, taxes and uh, taxes in Texas is crazy. And what I do, you know how much I pay in taxes a year? 600 bucks <laughs> a bad, two bath house so it depends on where you invest yeah. texas texas don't have no income uh tax but they they get you on the, on the real estate tax yeah so if that, texas has no income tax i'm the people who are buying houses they income is steady you know they ain't got they ain't paying no income tax they willing to pay more for goods and services but go ahead here's how i here's who i love because Okay, apartment complexes, they're gonna nail us. They're gonna fucking nail us. They know that they know the drill. They have the percentages, they have the charts. Okay, most people don't most people hate moving more than anything in life and get a root canal or, or have to move your house. People get a root canal, right? Um, so so <laughs> most people hate moving and they know they got you after that first year, they got you. They might they might throw a little couple jabs after the, the year two, but year three, woo you're going to see an increase and especially if if the rents are climbing like they are now they're gonna they're gonna just they're gonna nail you you know 250 is is the norm and or you know people are getting 500 rent increases 500 a month rent increases but they know that people most likely aren't going to move now that includes us especially includes us um, arbitragers that are doing corporate leases because we put all that we paid all that money got all that furniture in there we're running a business out of that place they know that what are we going to do with all that furniture? You know, we're not, we're not moving nowhere else. Right. So we're going to sell all that crap or, or put it in storage or give it away. So they got us now here. Like I said, going back to what I was, I started this. Here's who I love the most is individual. If you're going to arbitrage arbitrage from an individual owner, either uh, a house or a condo or a, or a townhouse, because they're not going to, from they're my experience, be, they're not going to gouge you like an apartment complex is going to gouge you. You form a relationship with them. You take care of all the small issues. You, they don't have to take care of shit. And they love you. You pay on the first 6 a.m. in the morning that fuck that rent checks in there. You know, they fucking love you. Love you. 
So they love You just said your mortgage went up by five hundred dollars. They ain't about to take no loss, bro. They're not gonna take up to two thousand. You about to pay twenty three hundred, man. They're not gonna take a loss. Okay, okay, okay. Especially when they see how much money you're making. If they go and do their research, <laughs> oh, I didn't know this place was on. It's making this much Ooh. on Airbnb, this much on VRB. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the short end of the stick here. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, okay. Here, let me let me. Let me uh, but this is, this is also the reason why they, they say when you do that approach is you need to lock in a two or two to three year lease. Two years. Yep. Because then, yeah. you, then you, get, then you get, get those rates locked in. Two years hey, locked you in. You might have yes. a landlord ready to murder your ass. You walk in a two-year lease and that mortgage go up five hundred dollars. We go ahead. Okay, okay. What I meant to say was, this is who I love the best is, is individual owners who own it outright. All right, sir. So boom. There you go. So they're only paying the taxes every year, and then so a, a tax increase won't kill them, and they're still making profit off. That's these. a fact, man. Now, how do yeah. you know if they own it outright? Uh, I'm sure Prop there's ways to find out. There you go. Prop stream. Prop stream. Okay. Yeah, you don't prop stream. Oh, no, you just right. laid a you just laid a, a gem on the show. Prop. P r o p s t r e a. I don't know what prop stream is, but you don't use prop stream. Dot com, right? Prop oh, stream. Dot com. Is that oh, what is yeah, that what it is? Yeah, prop stream. Dot com. Oh, listeners out there. Oh, let me let me tell you. Let me break the game down to you. If you really want, if you really want a bunch of arbitrage units, I use prop stream to buy. But if you want a bunch of arbitrage units, you can get on prop stream. Find out how many how many properties that one owner owns and it comes up every single one of them. If he don't have any LLCs and trust. Wow. Yeah. I found, wow. A dude, I found a dude in Arkansas owns like 11 million in, in properties. I was just like, damn, but yeah, you can find that out on prop stream. If you have a membership, I use it for cold calls. Mahogany's actually in her room right now doing cold calls. So. Nice. <laughs> how many, how much a month is prop stream? Um, I have it at a discounted rate. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys know, go ahead and I'll let you guys know how much it is. No, no, because that's that's I mean, that's the biggest gem of the show so far, because if we can find out who owns these properties outright, plus how many properties they own, man, that's that's a big end right there. Right. We're going to we, I'll take all your properties. Give me all your properties. And you don't have to worry well, about I mean, so it, sorry. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this real quick. I'm going to let you go, Micah. So as a co-host or a property manager, one thing that you should be doing for your I mean, this is a step above. Right. This is kind of evolution. Uh, is for those uh, clients that are doing arbitrage in homes by owners, if everything has been good, they should be reaching back out to those owners to ask that exact same question. And or you can do the research on your own and offer that. I mean, that could be another service, right? I don't know. But, um, you know, being able to help them grow in skills, I'm sure all of them want to grow and get additional units, get additional revenue. So uh, and they may not be thinking about that, right? They may not want to ask the owner, hey, can I do another one? Now, it, depending on how, how good you are and how well you've been operating and the communication with that owner, because some people, I mean, they just pay the rent and that's it, right? They don't they don't talk to the owner or anything, whether it's on the co-host side or even the person that's arbitraging, is they should be reaching back out to you. So this is actually happened to us on two of our properties, but they say, hey, man, I, hey, Mike, I know, I, I know uh, you're doing a great job, love what you're doing. We're about to buy another property. Do you want to do the same thing on this next one? And so you want to have that kind of relationship with those owners, right? Uh, because once you get into that position, I mean, the world is your oyster at that point. Yes, forging great relationships. That's that's everything in business, right? Relationships, and especially with their owners, man. I love that. Um, here, here's something 
that come up with uh, one of my owners that I don't have a tight bond with. I tried to be cool with them. They're not uh, issues, man. Issues. We had to go and replace the dishwasher ourselves with our own monies. But we were making decent money there because this guy was, oh, no, no, no. Just tilt it. Just put it this way. It'll still work. It won't <laughs> spill up. That, that's when we had to change the garbage disposal as well. I'll to give y'all the game on that to save y'all some money. But go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It hasn't been the smoothest thing. But he leaves us alone for the most part. And we make our money. That's good. It is a 30-day plus place. And so we but it's right by a hospital. We've been making putting travel nurses in. It's actually probably our most uh, consistently profitable unit because we get just put straight travel nurses. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. Haven't even missed like one day of this place because the That's next amazing. Week, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And and it's and not we even bad. We were scared to do it because it was 30 days plus, but it's just the location and the amenities, and it's a, it's a nice place. Anyways, here's what's happening. He he's he's testing the waters to sell the place, right? And so he he said, well, because, you know, one of the stipulations he he wants, he needed to know who's going to be every travel nurse that's going to be be there, just their name, number and email. And now he's saying, OK, OK, well, I'm, I'm already I'm going to sell the place. I can sell it to you guys, which the price tag is way too high, what he wanted. And um, he said, or um, I'm going to go ahead. My agent's going to reach out to your your guest and start scheduling so she they could she could start scheduling tours oh, tours. and oh. i was like i was like oh shit here's the thing travel nurses they work you know midnight shifts they work double shifts they work all kinds of crazy shifts and now they got to contend with people coming into their house at all hours to do tours and i was like dude you're gonna i said and we're already close to the end of the lease which is good and i was like man you know this is really gonna kill our what we got here because this is our business model because we're we're catering to these travel nurses they don't want people coming in and out and, the, and they're they're asleep at odd hours and and then um and so i i what i recommended is it's just let's just it's if it's better if you're gonna go this route it's fine you know let's just part you know go our separate ways and that's it clean break and it's better for you too because when you bring people to tour the place it's going to be perfectly spotless clean and everything's going to be set up right so it's not going to walk into a travel nurse's dirty place especially a travel nurse with a dog or whatever the hell and um and so he doesn't want to let us go he he kind of wants us to at least you know go through the lease and i'm like Shit. And I guess the I guess the, the the travel nurse that is there right now is 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 okay with it, but what about the next travel nurse? What if they're not okay with it? You know, and that's what I tried to explain to him. He goes, "Well, you know, it should be sold by the end of the month, maybe this and that." I don't know. He's asking a lot of money, but if it's not sold um, by the no, excuse me by then, then we could probably work something out. And then, and I was like, "Well, work something out." You know, her she's May uh, May first. She's done with her lease. I, I I like to get someone locked in before then, you know, it's, I know it's a month yeah, and a half yeah. away, but I want someone locked in already. And I'm not going to start advertising to people if I think that there's going to be tours going on. And then as soon as they I'm going to, you know, full transparency and they're going to and they're going to say, I don't want that. You know, I work midnight shifts. I don't want to wake up and let people walk through my house, whatever. So this is a this about, is a unique. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? How about. Because uh, we do this at least for our homes, not for like anything that's one bedroom or maybe even some of the apart two bedroom apartments, is uh, we have the 3D tours created. What if you offer to the owner and said, "Hey, we'll 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 cover the costs. You know, it's, it's under 200 bucks to get a 3D thing done with the place. You know, cl is clean, staged, everything, and then you offer that as an opportunity to do a, a virtual tour for the people that are interested, which." 
for people that's want, that want to buy, I mean, maybe it's a little different than yeah, renters because they want to put their hands on stuff and see how it really is. But it's just a, you know, a potential concession. I don't know. Yeah, like you said, you just said it, it, people that are going to rent might might sign it, like you know, if they just see a three D tour. But someone's going to buy it, especially for two hundred thousand dollars for a one bedroom condo. They gotta they're going to want to see that, up, you know, up front, up close and personal. And my and my argument was him. He said, "You want them to step into the cleanest possible place they can step into. You don't want them to step into something that someone's living in, right?" No. So, two things you said. You 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 really bring up what's the most sustainable business model, man? Like. We got to let owners come show their properties because they want to sell, man. It, it just came to bite you guys with the whole getting banned thing. So that that's one thing that comes up. But you guys talked about the owner is shit. You had to replace a dishwasher? Two things. <laughs> one, if you were at an apartment complex, they would have replaced it. But on the flip side, we've talked about this before. You got to have American Home Shield. You could have got a new dishwasher for 125 bucks. I literally just got a whole new sink in there for 125 bucks because of a leak. I was like, I called American Home Shield. It was leaking. It caused a puzzle at the bottom. Uh, they were like, hey, man, your, your fountain, your faucet's leaking. They replaced it. Brand new satin stainless steel faucet with the thing that comes out. 125 bucks. Wow. So that's yeah. for one. And then the other thing is, yeah, we have to. That's why I love, love Live Let Thrive because I think, like Steve said the other day, we don't talk about what kind of sheets to use, mattresses to use. We're in the business sustainability phase. What is the most sustainable way to keep your short-term rental business rolling? And I think that's where we are. And this stuff y'all are talking about is great stuff for people to know. Hey, if you're going to arbitrage from a private owner, he might be a crap maintenance dude, you know, <laughs> on the maintenance side. And he might want to sell the place. Now you got random people in there walking around. You're traveling nurse who's trying to get some sleep. So this is all good stuff, man. Yeah, that first that first month yeah. we were there, the toilet started leaking. I changed the fucking toilet seal, man. I was oh, on my hands man. and knees changing that crap. Look, we're five years in, uh, Steve. Yeah, we're learning. At first. The first year in, Steve was over there scrubbing toilets, man. Clean up. Hey, we've them. all been there at some point, right? So, <laughs> hey. But I told Steve, you got ground go floor. You can't That's how you learn. Toilets. Now you're over there changing uh, toilet nut bolts? Nah, man. You got to get you, a, you gotta get you an American home shield over there or something, man. This was like our third or fourth unit, man. We were still yeah. in the baby phase of our company. So we were, we were willing to do stuff like that. Now, home shield, real quick, on home shield, I... Mm -hmm. you're certain that you can put that on a place you don't own. You can put home shield on a place you don't yeah. own. If you're a renter, hell yeah. If you don't okay. own it, yes, sir. All right. Uh -huh. I'm just making sure. Because I'll. that's a great... But be careful if it's like an apartment complex. If it's a house, perfect. But an apartment complex that goes back into what Mike said that might lead into some liability issues if they go in there, jack something up. No, they're, no, okay. they're, they're liable for it, but at the same time, the apart is still the apartment complex and stuff. Go ahead. Okay, so condos. What about condos? Because yeah. HOA is only are they? Yeah. yeah, they only do the outside. So the inside is all you. You got to fix yeah, all that's that all shit. Owner. So, so Home Shield will, would go out there, and they, you know, there'll be no problem. Yes, sir. All right. I, I would say too to to on the arbitrage for homes when you have a landlord uh, or owner that you're doing that with is put it into the lease that you create or in the addendum that if repairs exceed a certain amount, 
then they should be, you know, done in a timely manner. And maybe you, if you want to put that kind of language in and how many days or weeks that should be, then you can. And if not, then you are held responsible for all of the revenue that's lost because of canceled bookings and or quality of the dwelling but not that, being inhabitable because of this, this deficiency. But let me tell you something about the mic. If you bring that up with your... Uh, with the owner, you may get into the conflict that goes against what, what Steve was saying of getting a good relationship with the owner, right? Uh, and sometimes it's just so, sometimes it's like what, what what's the best for them to pay two hundred dollars to get this replaced, and I'm I'm winning the, this this uh, this battle, or win the entire war, which is you know making sure I'm having a good relationship. Uh, in the long run, to make, to do more business, it, it's a complicated thing, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, it's based on threshold too, because for us, we do uh, two fifty uh, or lower. Mm -hmm. So anything over two fifty, then I mean, that's really really on them. Because let's just say this: if it was a thousand dollars, would you guys have done the same thing? No. Now, if the house is giving us ten thousand a month, yeah, we probably. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. I understand that. Yeah. There's always a threshold. There's always a so threshold. Check it out. Yeah, Mike. exactly. Would you on a house, right? So American Home Shield, if you have the platinum plan, it's 125 for a call out. Mm. Could you save yourself by saying anything over we do anything over 125? Then is basically, you know, a write-off to you because you just send an American Home Shield to fix it. Yeah, I mean, well, American Home Shield, they only do appliances, though, right? Like they, Oh, bro. They, oh. They gotta, if you get the platinum plan, they'll do appliances. They'll do air conditionings, uh, air conditioning, heaters, hot water heaters, and everything. Yeah. Wow. Man, hey, check wow. it out. They even now have a plan that you can add on for, like, I think, 35 bucks a month. They'll come fix the TVs. Have you done a luxury rental or, or like a cabin or something like that? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to pull it up real quick and I'll, I'll go over. It. You guys go ahead. I'm going to pull it up and I'll let y'all know what you can add on. I do like Home Shield, but they're getting a little more slick. <laughs> they're getting a little more hip to the game. There's, uh, I call them out there for an ace uh, heater unit, you know, and the, uh, it was really cold. The heat, the bottom stair, the downstairs heater wasn't kicking on. Um, and so there, there's certain things they don't really cover anymore. So it's they're getting they're getting hip to the game. I got them for seven thousand the first year I had them. So I'm I'm still playing with house money, right? For my house, for my personal house. I put them on all my houses. I have Home Shield on all my houses because I, I don't want to get hit by a you know a ten thousand dollar AC unit or something. So I just pull mine up. It depends on what plan you have. So if you have platinum, they'll come do rekeys, fix trash compactors, sump pumps, stoppage toilets refrigerators, ice makers, whirlpool tubs, your tub in your house, uh, water heaters, steam boilers, microwaves, ovens, pipe leaks. Um, they'll even, oh, they even do preseason AC checks. So if you need to have your filters replaced, they'll come and replace them. They'll actually do that for free. Um, dishwashers, cooktop stoves. Um, now, the other plan, I'll let you guys, I'll, I'll have to find it, but the other plan, they do have an add-ons that you can have where they'll actually, you know, come fix TVs, things like that. It's called an electrical thing. I think they'll even come fix your Xbox and PlayStation. But yeah, it's something to look at. Uh, what I am planning on switching from Home Shield to Min B and B once they're here. Now, 
here's the thing I was thinking of, you know, especially what I went through with Home Shield this last time. It wasn't as smooth as before. You know, they started, oh, we don't cover this. We don't cover that. More out of pocket, whatever. Anyways, it wasn't as smooth as before. They just hit them up and they fix it and that's it. They're done with it. So my thing is, would it even be, especially if you have a lot of units and they're, they're giving you pretty good profit, would it be better to just take, I don't know, 2000 a month from your profits and just set it into a, an account that's going to gain you interest and say, this is my maintenance account. Boom. Every month I'm going to put two grand in, two grand in, two grand. Something hits, something happens. I could pay it out of that account. I mean, is that better to do than paying all these months? You know, if you have like 40 units paying 40 different home shields, paying all that money, it's kind of like that money's disappearing to me. It's just going to home shield, you know, 75 bucks a month. I mean, that's what insurance is though, right? It is what it's, it's there if you need it. Cause you know, when you get that hurricane or flood that comes through, you're going to wish you had it like kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but to your point though, you think it's smart, Steven, because that's what property management companies do. That's what apartment complexes do. This is the reason why in, in many cases they, uh, they have the level of rent that they have so they can be able to put aside something every month. And then I think you mentioned this before, uh, maybe somebody else mentioned this before, condos do that, right? Because in order to, to pay for the things on the outside, they got to be able to have reserves. Yeah, the HOA reserves, a, yeah. Yeah, HOAs, yeah, HOAs. So exact, that's exact. So one of the exact prime reasons right there is so they have those reserves. Um, it's up to you whether or not you want to, you know, put that in an interest bearing account. You know, there's not very many, you know, accounts that, that give you, you know, good interest like that nowadays. But um I don't know if it, if it would be best served potentially to invest that money into an individual that you can then hire, not only to do your own properties, but then to do other properties. And that helps strengthen that vertical, right? That yeah. you have in, in your company. Because that's a pillar. That's, that's just a pillar, just like cleaning is, right? Like a cleaning company, you know. You might as well pay what you could do. And I, I think what Mike's getting at, you might as well just pay a, a handyman to be on retainer. But if something's broken after replace it, that's on you have out yeah. of pocket. You know, that like yeah. that faucet, <laughs> I ain't have to pay for that. I lean to more towards ins- good insurance and home shield than making a uh, you know a stockpile of fund, you know what I'm saying? Me too. I lean more towards it, let, let them handle it. Are, are, are and maybe doing... you can even be more smart about it. Maybe it's based on the the age of the home. Maybe you only do it on the ones that are really, really old where you know it's gonna be a lot of issues so on and so forth, depending on when it was renovated. And you know, so men B&B, I mean, I, I haven't been exposed to it yet, but that's probably one of their major reasons why they do their huge checklist at the beginning. Because I'm sure they have some kind of statistical model. They can put all those inputs in and say, okay, these are all the model numbers, seal numbers. This is when it was when it was made, installed, blah, blah, blah. Here's the projections are when it's going to go out. Because, and in, in, in one of the handyman told me this, there are certain HVAC systems, certain appliances that are notorious for certain things, right? You know, this model number XYZ is always going to have this issue in year five or year 10 or whatever, right? And you know exactly when it's going to happen. But, you know, the normal operator for STR isn't going to go into a level of detail to be able to kind of pull that stuff. So I think maybe that's what how you can potentially diversify so you don't have to be heavily weighted all on American Home Shield or all in, all in the other. That makes sense. What you just said is very, very important. And that's that's a knowledge thing, right? Your typical host ain't gonna look into that. That is a very much a knowledge thing. Like even if like my uh my AC unit, when I first moved in my house, I think I had an inspection 
And the guy was like, I'm going to keep it 100 with you, bro. You're going to need a new AC unit real soon because that thing's going to go out because it has the old Freon up in it. It's old, right? Mm-hmm. So well, guess what? I had to replace it two years ago when the pandemic hit because we was running that bad boy. But he already knew. He, he had marked me down that I was going to need it, and he was from – he was from Arkansas, where my people from, and he was like, "Bro, don't worry, I'm gonna hook you up." He gave me a new system for like six bands, so it, it helped me. Yeah, so yeah. He, he hooked me up, but yeah, and what he did was he already had all that information down. He was like, "Bro, that thing gonna go out," and that's basically what I think Ben B and B probably do. Like now. I don't know if they'll tell you like right at the beginning, hey, bro, this is going to go out <laughs> or are they, you know. Or no way they, it happens. No yeah, way yeah, it happens, yeah. You know. Now, but, now let, let, me, let me ask you something and let, let me share something. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, do you do you do schedule maintenance at your properties every certain amount of time? Say it again. I have quarterly. Uh, quarterly. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. He, was, he was saying, do you have a uh, maintenance schedule for the property? Um, every certain amount of time. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm, we're doing that right. We're doing it right now, so we're doing a, a quarterly as well. As well, you know, replacing AC filters, checking the batteries, checking, checking uh, all the door codes and everything, right? Um, so, so that's one of the questions. The other question is like, and this, this is a suggestion for anyone out there trying to to manage, get the brand and the model of every appliance you have in your property and search on YouTube for the common problems. So you already have uh, um, a plan in place. There are certain things, you know, for example, there's one property we have that for some reason the stove stop, it it starts beeping Uh, out of nowhere, start beeping and it doesn't stop every 30, every like 10 seconds, beep, 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 super annoying, you know? In the beginning for guests, it was like, where is that coming from? Because the, the, the last thing, place they think of is, is the stove top. They, they, they look at, at the microwave and they look at, at the fridge and they look here, here and there. Now we know it's that, we have the video and I have my BS train how to resolve that. And basically they had to go to breaker, turn it off, turn it on again, right? Mm-hmm. So we, there are certain appliances and certain properties, we know the problems they have and we have the troubleshoot already in place. That's good to know. I mean, and to your point, I mean, I think, to be honest, again, evolution of a co-host um, or property management is, at least at a minimum, just the appliances. You know, if you can get the HVAC system, great, is have that a part of your inventory checklist when you take over a property as a co-host, right? So you have that data. Um, I'm not saying you have to do all that research initially, like you mentioned, for that kind of stuff, you know, as, as it comes, you know, start to build that into the communication. But exactly. Uh, I think that's critical because even if you do have to hire a handyman that's, you know, uh, third party or so on and so forth, you can equip them with that information so that they could better do their job, right? So maybe they can look this stuff up before they get there, so on and so forth, depending on what the timing is, because that that's critical. I mean, it could save them an extra trip even coming out to the place if they already know what what, what it is or, or what it could be, could be at least. Yeah. So, our, our handyman is your handyman, Mike Brown. Uh, well, I have another handyman too. <laughs> I have two other handymen. We got three. <laughs> oh, now what? okay. Now right. what? There you go. You gotta have yeah. a backup and a backup. Always, right? Always. <laughs> I'm working on my backup, man. Oh, he, he be kicking ass though. But yeah, you, he, yeah. you know what's some funny stuff? Uh, one of our arbitrages, um, 
the owner wants to sell it. So we got three owners that want to sell us arbitrage. And, I'm, and I touched on it on the last show. One of the benefits of arbitrage is mm. if you form a good relationship with the, with the owners, they'll sell direct to you without putting, you know, you want to buy off market. That's, that's the best thing, buy off market. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, want, you don't want to bid in war. So we're in the process of trying to buy this other one that we really, really like. And so she, come out, she came out at us and said, you, would you like, we don't want, you know, I want to sell it to you guys, whatever, at this price. It's an okay deal. The other one's a really good deal. So we started the, we're starting the process with the other one first, right? Because so, in the okay deal, this, this yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. But, um, but the thing is, I already told a, a buddy of mine at work, uh, from work, he's always been asking me about all this stuff. And I said, you really want to get into it? You know, this, they just said, she just sent me this if you want to go check it out. And he actually went and checked it out and everything. And uh, I don't know if he's going to buy it or not. Anyways, um, what I was, what I was wondering, what I was getting at just fell out of my head completely altogether, man. No, you would, I, I want to listen <laughs> to this because you were talking about one of your plate people selling you a deal. A good deal, and one of them was an okay deal. Because I want to talk about that. Because I think we should have went in more on that on Clubhouse. But go ahead. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, what? Because what part of it did you mention? You you, you mentioned um. I said well on on Clubhouse or now? On Clubhouse. Oh, on Clubhouse. I was saying one good thing about arbitraging is to have a good, yes. If you yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you form a good relationship with with the owners, and so um, man. I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> so my, my question is, how good is this deal? It's a, I might need to hop into an arbitrage down here if this is a really good deal. It's a base uh, hit. It's a base hit. I don't know if you're all about base hits. The other one's more like a double, you know, maybe a double. But this, you know, it's not a screaming. What are the numbers? Yeah. Um, the numbers are good. <laughs> like, no, like you want me to, know, to tell the price yeah, of the place the and all that stuff. well let me th- so maybe you never thought about this but maybe you could buy the place which uh-huh. maybe since you know the industry maybe you don't want to do that you can buy the place and then you can have someone else arbitrage it and for for higher rent potentially you ever thought about that no that's 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 a decent play so no so that that was <laughs> that was part of that's a good that was part of the, that was yeah that was, a, that was a, that's a double right there <laughs> Now that's the <laughs> now here's the thing, my buddy, he's actually you know kind of interested in buying it, whatever. And I told and that's and one of the reasons that he thought it was a it was a decent deal, because I said, Well, you can just continue, you have renters in there. We pay on time every time on the month, we keep everything perfect. And so that's that's actually a plus for him, you know. And so and so I was I, I was walking into the I, I guess that was my main point was was you know, forge strong relationships with the with the people that you where you arbitrage at, and then these they're gonna try to sell it to you first, right? Why don't you wholesale it to them? You know me, I'm all about making money. I would have wholesale no. it to the employee <laughs> and to the to the friend, like shit. I got a deal for you. I would have locked that bitch up. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I know what you're saying, and that actually is kind of a possibility on the other one. That's a really screaming deal. That's uh, an arbitrage wholesale. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Imagine that. Like he, if they give it to you at a deal, at, at a decent deal, the numbers work. If you got the, if it's less than 30% margin, you can wholesale it. Wholesale it to the, hey, man, I got this deal locked up for 195. Wholesale it off. That's what I said. What's the numbers? And, and the thing uh, is, that, correct that, me that, if I'm that, wrong, that, Micah, can't he get a better loan? Or, or can he get a better loan because he has the data now? Was this twelve months or whatever that is on the rent prices that he's been able to capture from that? Right. That's more multifamily. 
Okay, a multi-family. Okay, all right. Yeah, if, if it's single family, what he could do, he'd have to go like a DSCR route and then like somebody who's just going to look at the income of what he has coming in and they would, but still your interest rate still going to be higher on DSCR. Let yeah. me ask you something about the emotional component, okay? Emo so the, the emotional, emotional component of, of, of doing that. Okay. And there's only one thing that I feel bad about is like these people, they want to sell us at a good price their properties because they like us and they think we're going to keep that place and they have an emotional attachment. I you know I should get it and then resell it like this for profit. It's great. I should feel a little bit guilty. You can do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does it, does it have the capacity for a remodel, like to, to, to upgrades? And we can add a room to it. We can add a second. They they knocked down a wall and made it a big one bedroom. We can put yeah. that wall back. What area is this? Oh, uh, the neighborhood. Oh. But but how much is it? I mean, if Arlington knew how much we paying. No, but I'm saying like Arlington new construction is $100 a square foot in the neighborhood. What you pushing per square foot for a new build? Okay. You said Arlington is $100 it's a more square than Arlington. Foot. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how, how, that's what I'm saying. Like, in order to say it's a good deal, I got to know the numbers. Okay, well, I'll say it like this. Okay, good. I was okay. going to say, since it's going to be a remodel for an existing, I think that's a better a better play than a new build, no? No, sir. I'm saying this. If you're going to add a room, that's new construction. Whenever you add square footage, that's new construction. They're going to charge you as a new build. Mm. Yeah, that's new. Any new con in Arlington, new con is $100 a square foot. So in over there in Dallas, I know, I'm going to say at least $125 a square foot mm. for new construction. Because if you add, adding square foot is new, new construction. What if I call my, my homeboys from the hood and they put a wall up? <laughs> you can hey, have make, them just make sure you got the, per, the, the right permits because they'll make you tear that shit down if, if, if when you get ready to, yeah. Uh, what's a permit? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm very interested in making that play. Like, hey, if I can arbitrage with this person and we make an arbitrage deal and our relationship's strong, and I can come back and they'll sell me the property at a good price. You know me, it probably ain't going to be a good price for me because I'm arbitraging it. So I know it's up to par. So I'm a, my whole thing would be to wholesale it right off top. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like, like, like Federico said, they trust you. They're giving you this good deal. And then you're just going to turn around and sell it for more behind them. Whereas if they would have listed it on the market, they could have sold it for more anyways. Yeah. That, that, that was my point. Hmm. Well, I mean, Welcome to real estate, <laughs> <my> friends. <laughs> 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 well, I guess I guess the thing. Why why are they selling it? Is this their only one, or what? What's, no, what's no, the it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the owner's only one, and they're they're in the process of, of trying to to buy a house. Mm. So, so they're um yeah they're wanting to sell it. That that that, that, that yeah. was the point. Both of them have like some oh. this emotional attachment to the properties. No, they, don't. they have to sell it till they can get a new house. That's called, <laughs> that's a motivated seller. Hold on, they need to sell the house so they can get a new house. Uh huh. Oh, that's a motivated seller. You got leverage. So if they got motivation, I mean, they're it's selling been, it to yeah. you because you're a quick buyer. Mm -hmm. You're helping them. I love that. That's what I need to hear. I just need someone to, to, yeah, to tell me, yeah, go and do it. Hey, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just need someone to tell hey, me, and yeah, then, you know, and then once it's all done, you can get them a gift basket, take them out to dinner, and all that kind of stuff. And hey, I'm, I'm sure they really appreciate that. You just bro. made a quick 50 grand off you. We'll take you to dinner. You know what I mean? I'm for real. Think about this, man. Think about this. 
if the reason they're they don't want to hit the marketing they probably don't want the headache of 50 bucks exactly yeah they don't exactly. want that headache yeah. I know there's a lot of work. I ain't gonna lie. That's a lot of work. If Argus Rentals is already in there, they're taking good care of the property. I don't have to have an appraiser come out. They're just gonna buy it at this price. You're helping them. You have to look at it like that. You're helping them. So then you could go and wholesale the property if you wanted to, or if it's a good deal, keep it. Here's what's funny about the whole deal, right? Okay. I, I, you know, I brought my, my, my buddy, you know, I was just talking to him at work. I want to go see it. Yeah, I want to go see it. I'm going to bring the wife. We want to check it out. We're getting all, they're getting all interested. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, they, they might actually buy it. And so, at, you know, I meet them over there on lunch break and, and they, they check it out. And they have never, they, this is going to be their first rental property if they do buy it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to buy it. They're asking me all these questions and this and that. And um, about, and they said, well, you know, we really wanted our first one to be a three, two house, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, here, here's, you know, that's good. Three, two houses are nice, you know, all day long. If you're going for appreciation and if you're going for uh, uh, equity, equity, then that's great. That's the best play because a condo or a townhome, they're not going to appreciate as much, nearly as much as, as, a, as a house, right? Depends on the area, man. Depends yeah. on the area. Yeah, depends on the area, yeah. But, you do the reno, I mean, hey, I mean, the yeah, can be the limit. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But for the most part, houses appreciate way more than yeah. condos yeah. and townhomes, you know? And um, you can still buy a whole bunch of townhomes and condos for under 200, which you cannot buy houses for under 200 anymore. And I told him, if you're going to look for a, a decent 3-2 anywhere in a decent neighborhood, I'm not saying top-notch neighborhood, you're going to be spending around 300 grand, right? And if you're going to put a regular renter in there, you can hope, and if it looks nice, if you do a good job renovating it, you could hope for around two grand a month for, for um, rent. If you do a good job on it, eighteen hundred to two grand, you know, maybe twenty two hundred if you do fucking knock it out of the park. Anyways, so and, and it was funny because all these words are falling out of my mouth, and I'm like, kind of like, and I'm saying, well, this one right here, yeah, you can buy for one hundred and sixty five k, and and we're making. And he asked me, how much do you make? How much do you make on it a month? And I was like, three thousand to three thirty five hundred. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Bro, I know. We, I was we like, gotta work on like, Steve negotiations, <laughs> You you giving the wrong information. Look, man, this is you need to go find. Don't, yeah, don't don't don't, don't say that. Because what you're doing is you're now. I know. I'm gonna you, push me out. Because yeah, what's yeah. happening is because even if you were to wholesale this thing, you'd have to look. You have to consider this too. Are you consider? Are you comfortable taking that whole wholesale check and walking away from the deal? Because remember, if he's gonna buy it, your rent probably gonna go up. It has to. Right. I'll look. I'll offer this insight. So I will say, if you are planning to stay there even after they sell it, we all we already talked about how transition Mm -hmm. of hands, whether it's management, ownership, can you know say can change things, right? For your lease and whether or not they still want you there, so on and so forth. I and this is only one case study. We've we've been able to show one of the partners that I have. uh, He's actually trying to sell a house now. He's selling it under market value. It's a 3-2 uh, house in Dallas proper with the Dallas zip code, five minutes north of Love Field. Mm. He, he's been on the market now for 90 days, and he cannot sell it because one of the major stipulations that he has, because he is the, he, he's currently the owner and he's doing Airbnb out of it, is that because uh, the way he has it listed is... Um, uh, what do you say? Uh, currently has a tenant, you know, currently has good tenants on so on, which he's going to be the tenant. He's saying that if you buy the property, 
he can still still continue to operate his Airbnb for up to a year, and then and then that's it. So, it, I, red flags all over that. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. Well, that's the really reasons why really reasons why he hasn't been able to sell. Because because my my first question to him would be. Okay, you're making all this money on Airbnb. Why the hell are you selling and wanting to keep exactly. on Airbnb? <laughs> like, like what, what's what's wrong with the property? You... He wants a big chunk of cash is what he wants. He wants the cash flow. And I will say one of the caveats, too, um, is that, unfortunately, due to lack of management and so on and so forth, they have gone way, way down Figured. in the past couple of months. And so mm. when, when you get your ratings to a, a 4.2 or 4.3, one, you attract the wrong kind of guests that are trying to, you know, you know, get over on you. And then two, I mean, people aren't looking for a, 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 a 4.3, 4.2 property nowadays mm-hmm. when there's so much competition in Dallas. We have to keep it a buck. He's selling it because he's doing a shitty job on it. Yeah. So if he was him saying that, I mean, if he's just talking to a regular investor, they probably wouldn't care, like a regular buy and hold guy. But if he came to me with that deal, I'd be like, what's really going on? There's like, <laughs> no way. Like, like I, hey, I'm making 60, 100K a month off this house, but I want to sell it. Why? You know what I mean? You know, yeah, so I agree. I understand. Yeah. Cause, cause, yeah. If you, when you start seeing that, and, and this is where I think the Airbnb space is evolving, people are now starting to build houses for Airbnb, like Derek where he's putting things in it, making it more viable to the investor and people selling things to, you know, take influxes of cash like that guy's trying to do and then still make money on the back end. So I think this, it's, it's really evolving, man. Here's another thing. And, and you mentioned it last time we were all together about getting a big uh, electric bill at one of your arbitrages. And, and you were saying that it was probably for uh, the people that are, what are they called? The work, the, the, the remote, remote workers. workers, remote workers. Yes. Staying at home all day on the computer, blasting your AC, whatever, or heater. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, so this, this it is, a, <laughs> it is funny. Whenever you say something on the show, it fucking happens to us, me and Federico all the time. <laughs> Always. And so we got an email or a message from from the the owner of the house that we're arbitraging in Ulysses. I mean, badass! This fucking house is printing money. Beautiful. And love it. it. Has a big swimming pool. Has a sunroom. I mean, it's gorgeous. Anyways, wow. anyways, she said, "Hey, um, I just got a I just got an electric bill. It was almost it was like almost seven hundred dollars." She goes, "I've never had an electric bill that high. I've lived here for so many years." And I'm like, "We're like, oh shit." And so. <laughs> It's inflation. <laughs> it's inflation. No, that ain't inflation. That's something else. That's somebody in there with Bitcoin. their feet up kicking it. I man. know, man. I know. <laughs> but we, we should have to blame it to someone. We need to blame yeah. it to someone. She, she kind of, she's so sweet, this girl. She said, you know, and it was a cold February, so I kind of understand it, but still, it was a real high bill. What can we do? What can we do? And so um, that's when I reached out to you guys, right? And, and so... Uh, Micah gave the, the advice, which which is the use the o- energy ogre. We we talked about you know we're gonna reach out to them. Maybe they'll throw us some money. Whatever. I got energy. another thing on that one too. Okay, so you pay this company ten bucks a month, and they move you around to the best plans all year round to get you the best deals. It's something you could do yourself, but it's gonna cost take a lot of time to just keep moving your shit to another thing and another <laughs> thing and plugging into a, a direct deposit and put all your information. 
you just give them their your information once you pay them 10 bucks a month and they move you around hoppity hop and they and they check your what your usage is and they match you up with the best plants whatever so i we told her about that but mike brown came up with the a thing uh, solar panels tell us more about these solar panels mikey brown yes so uh what you could do in this scenario if you and it's 700 dollars, and we haven't even hit summer months yet that's that's kind of startling so um you know one of the things and i, I talked about this before is for every investor and you know maybe even for co-hosts in some cases when you're picking up a very very old house where there could be some issues you know have an inspection done it doesn't cost that much money if you want to have an energy audit done that's another next level that's some benefit to you uh because that's going to help the client save money with and they'll they'll be grateful for that but then also that that talks about uh, speaks to uh preventative maintenance in, in a way but on the solar side in this scenario where you've got that much energy usage, it would make sense. This is Texas. Uh, there's a lot of sun for you to do solar. Now, a lot of the solar projects that they have now, uh, depending on where you're at, um, there may be like community programs. But at the very least, what you can do is invest in solar. They have a lot of programs now that are zero zero dollars down that you can uh, to opt into. They'll come out, do a survey, do the permitting, get the solar installed. You know, you may have two or three days of downtime max uh, to get it installed once they get everything permitted in a way that allows you to basically flip your utility bill and you basically have a fixed rate. And I'm almost certain that it'll be way less than $700 a month for whatever that situation was that you had. And at, you as a co-host and, and, and or as an owner, not only can you take potentially take advantage of the tax rebates uh, that are available, which I think it's about 23%, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 21, it's 20, it's in the lower 20s that you could take advantage of. Um, and I think the cutoff is 2023, if I'm not mistaken. I can give you the information to put in the uh, the notes, uh, Michael, for this. But essentially, you can also negotiate with the owner to get a, a portion of that as well, because it won't go to you because you don't own the property. Now, if you partner with the right vendor, you can also get a referral fee, which can be up to $1,500, $2,000 to referring that person to be able to do solar. Hmm. Now, where this really comes into play is if you know you're going to be under contract, whether you're doing arbitrage or even as a co-host, this could be an upsell. As Michael talked about before, I'm sure he can share the data that he's done on the Tesla power walls, the Tesla uh, chargers. You can integrate this solar in with the battery storage and a charging station. Um, and so it really doubles down on not only revenue potential or increase, but also kickback for you as a, as a co-host or even as an owner uh, for being able, to, being able to do solar. So that's my rant. Um, you know, there's also some other things in terms of reducing carbon footprint, so on and so forth, because uh, this obviously goes above and beyond what Energy Ogre or any, any energy company can do by default. Uh, and it increases the property value. So you know, in that scenario, uh, if you have the right appraiser involved in the conversation and you're transparent about what has happened in terms of up, those upgrades that can increase the property value uh, when you get ready, to, get ready to sell it. You so. have to be careful on the property value thing mm -hmm. because you do get a tax kickback. It Solar hasn't increased property values as of yet. Like... You can't like, and this is what I asked because I was going to get solar. I'm like, 
how much will it increase the value? He was like, well, we aren't to the point where it's being calculated into values yet, right? So like- You don't have the right appraiser. That's that's what it comes down to. Meaning, but this is the problem though. Even if you have the right appraiser, is somebody going to pay more because solar panels are on there? Yeah. I don't know. I can I can, I can, I can share the data with you on. on mm-hmm. I can share the data with you on that. I mean, so there are. I don't want to get too deep into it, but there are certain um, like designations that you can have as an appraiser or even as a realtor uh, to be able to properly properly evaluate that. Like a normal appraiser, it, this is something that they're this gonna they're more or less bypass right and or they're not going to properly evaluate it in a way that is going to to increase the appraisal of the, of the property essentially because there's, there's a certain way that you have to do it this, the same thing goes into play because I, I mean i'm on the sustainability side energy efficiency side for commercial projects and we deal with this all the time and the same thing the same conversation or, or battle comes into play if you upgrade your hvac system right mm-hmm. i think i mean real estate has come a long way to where they know exactly you know how to 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 do that uh that multiplier or whatever that is right if you just install a new heat pump system mm. it's going to be way more efficient than something that that's been in, been there for 15 years kind of thing right you yeah. can't tell me that's not going to have a higher appraisal value right because that's something that has been trained and something that's more of the norm right so it's a little bit different with solar so you, you definitely have to have I mean, I could connect you with some folks if 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 that's something you're trying to do right now. And yeah, let me I know would because like the I would are, I would do it because I, I would I just have to know it's going to increase value because that was my thing because I've I, like a couple coworkers she did she did do it and she was like she was to sell the house the oh, the new people they was like we ain't paying for that solar shit <laughs> no, for real so they was like so she would have been stuck with that bill so she was to sell the house. She got a, She already had collected, I think, 20000 off the rebate. It would have been on her. Now, even with this climate right now where, like, 100 people are bidding on every house, someone's going to – you're going to say, okay, you're not going to pay for it. The next person will pay for it. Boom. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're not paying for it because of solar. They're paying for it because of because demand. Of the, yeah. They're not paying for it. Oh, look, give you 50 extra thousand. You got some solar panels. I'm saying they're paying for it off demand. Well, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, okay, so when you get ready to sell that house or when they get to sell that house, uh, Steve, they're not going to disclose your bill is $700 a month or $500 a month. Right. Of course not. So the thing is, I think that all comes with transparency, right? In my opinion. Yeah. So when you say, hey, we have solar because this is going to give you a fixed rate for the next 15 or 20 years where we know that the, the price of electricity is going to increase. I can't remember if it's 1.5 percent i can't remember what the threshold is per year that's guaranteed i remember regardless of what's going on right now that's going to happen regardless i if remember you know that's going to happen if you have something that's going to be fixed instead of variable mm-hmm. it only makes sense mm-hmm. right it, it makes perfect sense yeah. if it was my house and i'm airbnb in it i would definitely get solar yeah and, and yeah. this is another i just remember what this guy said he said it's worth it if you're paying cash mm-hmm. because if you're not paying cash and you're paying for it on a monthly basis and you sell that house, that's a $20,000 surcharge or whatever to that new owner. You see what I'm saying? But with the market being so hot right now, 
Yeah, somebody will pay you. You can sell your house with solar panels right now and get all your money back. Now, now here's the thing. If you're financing it out and, and they, you know, I don't know, let's just say 200 bucks a month is the agreed upon monthly. You'll never pay more than that, right? Correct. And that's that's including financing the the, the, the unit, the solar itself. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when someone buys it, can you just pass that to them and they're going to and, and that might be a bonus. Hey, you'll, your bill will never be over 200 bucks. You get this house. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the that- three two, the, the, for the three two that we have in North Texas, I think when they ran, ran the numbers for us, the bill was not going to be larger than 130 bucks a month. Beautiful. <sighs> That's what we want. Oh, so it's like, you want. can't beat that. I mean. You tell me it's not going to be more than 130. It's going to be more than 130 if I don't do it. You're, you're that's going, financed out. See, that's what I'm saying. You're going to save money because my whole goal like three years ago was to get a solar panel and then get a Tesla battery pack because I'm like, man, I'll be off the grid damn near. But <laughs> the thing was, that's what came up. I'm like, because even appraisal is one thing because at the end of the day, it's what is someone willing to buy buy it for? You know what I'm saying? Appraisal works with lines of credit, getting approved for bank loans, things of that nature. Because that's what I was wondering. I'm like, and then with my friend, my coworker, it's my old coworker. She was like, yeah, they weren't really interested in paying for that solar. Because like you said, it's a $200 fixed cost. But if you're now buying a top of the market, that 200 fixed costs can be a lot. Oh, but that's included your electric bill too. That's your whole thing. Your financed amount and electric bill is going to be 200 bucks. That's Mike, for a house. Let, let me ask you a, a, a question totally ignorant about this subject. This might this if you is get, good. <laughs> if, 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 if you get a, a solar panel uh, installed in a house, can you move it to another property? Can you pay someone to move it? That's the that, problem. You, I don't know. That's a question I don't know. Right. Are you stuck with that? Or, you, you, or can you pay someone to... To the same company to say, okay, I'm, I'm sending the, the the house. I want to move to another place. There, there are thirty so. days. It wouldn't would be worth the cost. You'd be you lose yeah, money in that scenario, okay. right? I don't think it's okay. Now, 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 what you can do. So, for the people that are doing renovations, uh, I, I think this is also for residential. I know for sure it's for commercial. Is if you're doing a renovation and you're doing a roof replacement, if you do a solar system at the same time you're doing the roof replacement, you can offset up to 50% of the cost of the roof replacement if you're doing solar, because it'll be considered an integrated system nice. based on the, the attachment. You know so, what I like? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So in that scenario, for those people that are doing the renos, when they're doing roof replacements, every single one of those should be doing solar uh, installations at a minimum. We, what we should do, if we, if, if we hop into the multifamily space, I do think we should put those on multifamily properties because it now, because I think on the commercial side, it's guaranteed to increase, increase value. Because remember it's, it's based off what you're bringing anyway, because it's commercial. It's a different type of loan. I do think I just haven't seen it on the, on the residential side. We got to go deeper into that and see, but yeah, on the commercial side, hands down. Yeah. And even on the multifamily side too, unlike residential, like single family, they even have rebates now uh, yeah. for, for the solar chargers. For, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, not solar chargers, uh, the EV charging stations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Toyota has um, a grant program set up. And then there's some other ones uh, for nonprofits too. But basically, they're trying to give money to, to multifamily property owners. Because if you think about it, the, 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 at the trajectory and the exponential growth that we have right now currently for EV vehicles or you know, electric vehicles, 
people that live in multifamily need somewhere to charge. They can't, it doesn't make sense for them to drive to work to charge every day, especially now since we have the whole remote situation, right? They're not even going to work anymore. So hey, I think that's even- <laughs> That is a play. That's why I put them in there. And I was at one of our apartment complexes and I noticed something. There's no EV chargers here and there's somebody sitting parked in the corner with a Tesla charger. And I'm like, mm, they missing a big opportunity here. Um, man, yeah. I need a little outlet. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah they don't it's charge as fast. And it's funny, you know, I've been putting Tesla chargers in a lot of my places. I was down in, down in Arkansas where I, where I invest, man. And I got off the freeway to go to one of my properties that I'm rehabbing. Those assholes are start, installing a huge EV charging station out there. But I was uh. like, I'm, no, no, no. This is the good thing. Cause I talked to Al Williamson. Al was like, Oh, he goes, you're still in high demand. Who the hell wants to sit out there and charge up their vehicle when they can be charging up their vehicle in their house, laying back. Mm, yeah. He, yeah. Al broke it down. He goes, that's high demand. You, you're still in high demand. No, you don't want to sit at no Tesla charging station. You ain't at your house. You know what I mean? So Al is the goat. Al is the goat. Um, I wanted to ask you something, but uh, man, we're going on, we're going on a long time here. That's good. That's good. Episode 200. Yeah. 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 Let's get the more controversial stuff. Controversial stuff. Okay. Here's a very controversial subject right here. Patios. <laughs> you're like waiting for what what the fuck too much uh, Look, no, <laughs> so uh, going back to arbitrages you got it okay we got a couple of good really nice arbitrage houses now one of them we got there's no shade in the backyard there's no there's no overhang there's no nothing it's just a big slab of concrete How, I, of course we're not going to pay for it to, to build something to give shade right there to make a nice patio what i've seen some decent wayfair options what 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 would y'all do you you got a house you want to make a nice backyard where they could chill out and stuff in the 100 degrees texas heat uh what would you do what would you do i got know go ahead go ahead i "I got the perfect solution for you you purchase one of those sun sails or Mm -hmm. multiple sun sails where you're going to have an overlay situation it could be some that are triangular shape could be some that are square shape and have it to where uh, you have the hooks that are, are tension with like wire or whatever, uh, or uh-huh. rope in, in that case, uh, to be able to provide shade. And also it still provides sunlight through it as well. So it's not, you know, so harsh or whatever. Um, that's worked very, very well. A lot of properties that we have, it's something that you can attach to the side of the property, even if it is an apartment complex or a condo, and it's not, you know, so intrusive um, because yes, it is very, very cost intensive to try and do, you know, a wood pergola or mm-hmm. some other type of metal shading structure that, that again, you don't own the property or if you don't own the that, property. That, that's the point. Make, yeah. That's the point because I tell Steve all the time, that's a conversation we have like, uh, uh, like very frequently. It's like, what are the amenities that we can add to properties that are going to not increase our costs? but bring us the, the highest return on investment, right? The, the, what is the biggest ROI we can get into, into certain amenities for our properties? So we're discussing about that all the time. And man, for example, let, let, let me give you one specific example. Uh, we had two, two properties and an apartment complex that they have a balcony. 
And for some reason, we took over those properties, man. And those balconies were not being utilized. Yep. One property was just, uh, one, one balcony was just nothing. Nothing in the balcony at all. <laughs> for a year. For mm-hmm. a year. A beautiful balcony looking into Fort Worth skyline. Nothing. Oh, someone uh, left a foldaway, a foldaway chair there. That was in the other one. <laughs> man, and, and the problem is that I never been to those properties. So one of the last trip I did to, to, to over there, I went to see that property. I, I went there and I was like, what are we doing? Why are, why are we not taking advantage of this? Mm-hmm. And I order like, like this. I just order one set of, um, you know, the, the light, um, how's it called? Solar lights. Light. Yeah, the solar lights. Um, oh, string lights. Oh, yeah. String lights. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those. Uh, it's just a set of, you know, two chairs, one, one small table for a hundred bucks, man. Yeah. We've been getting, I'm putting on a second picture, putting on the title, private balcony bookings like this. Mm. People wow. loved it. Yeah. We're missing that. So, so I'm always thinking, why can't we add into our properties a small investment that's going to bring us more, more bookings. What is a new check that I, we can add on our amenity list? Yeah, that's gonna... and balconies are huge, man. I put, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but patios and balconies on all of mine, and I have a, a grill out there as well. Mm-hmm. Grill, exactly. That's a that's a check mark on the on the amenities list. So yeah, three check marks right there. I actually so to your point, uh, Federico, like we uh, on some of the properties where the first time around the photographer wasn't able to get like twilight photos or night mm-hmm. photos, right? Because those are those look nice if you have those string lights. We actually got a um, a third party to do some uh, photo photo editing to be able to do that for us. It's not embellishment because at nighttime, it does look like that. They do work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it adds a different kind of, because think about it. How many listings do you know have night photos that have the lights of their property, right? Exactly. Very few. So it's really going to be something that's going to stand out and pop because you've got that dark backdrop, the light background, the lights of the interior of the place, so on and so forth. It, it goes a long way, man. I mean, to be honest, to be and and okay, actually taking a step back, if you guys have photos, maybe you've already done this. I wouldn't sell it to them. Maybe you do it as a kind gesture, but for the person that's trying to sell that place, mm-hmm. you can provide them the photo, like the professional photos that have been taken in the place with the furnished. Yeah, that would draw way more. I don't know what he has on his listing in Zillow or wherever he's posting, but or he or she is posting, but that'll draw a lot more people than whatever maybe they have with just empty photos. At, at and, then, right? I, and those pictures are so key to stand out from the bunch because, again, it's like, you know, you, you start looking, I mentioned this in, every time that, that I speak, it's like, I love to shop on Airbnb. I love to sit down, mm-hmm. go to Airbnb, and look for what, what's available on my neighborhood where I'm offering my property. Mm-hmm. Who else is out there and what, what product are they offering? All the pictures are looking the same. They all have the same wafer, not, not all, right? But there's a lot of properties that they have the same wafer sofa and the same the, the decor and they look similar. So it's like, how do we stand out? Man, we got, so we did two, two town, townhomes in Houston, one next to the other, okay? Three bedroom, 2.5 uh, bath, beautiful places, very well designed by our friend Marty. We partnered with her and some other people over there. Uh, and we, we got a really good photographer. 
So first time he went there, it was a rainy day. He he took the drone, took some area pictures, amazing, pretty cool. Second time he was there to do the second property, it was a rainy day, but then there was a, this beautiful sunset, mm. beautiful sunset, and he got this picture of the the, the townhomes and this amazing Texas sunset. You know, you have those beautiful sunsets, you know, orange and blue and violet. Man, that's my second oh, picture out right there. The dude only charges a hundred bucks to go. To take some professional pictures, man, and that's and I'm thinking. At first, I was thinking, man, that's so cheap, but I'm like, oh, he's in Houston. He's probably doing one every hour, so he's probably making it. <laughs> he's probably <laughs> he's probably making bad. That's not bad. That's not bad bucks. No. He's probably making a thousand bucks a day doing you know one after another. <laughs> it's so saturated out there. Yeah, true. You know, yeah, yeah. When you mentioned the twilight photos, man, you know, and I like, I like, you know, you set up your Zillows, how you want to look, you know, I look at the certain cities, you know, Grand Prairie, Irving, Fort Worth, Dallas, whatever. Um, I always look at LA. I like to look at LA properties because I like, you know, if you're going to sell everything over, there's a million, two million, three million, whatever, for just a regular three, three, two square foot, but mm. they got to deck it out. And I like looking at their design and stuff and, and their photos. They always take twilight photos, especially if they're up the LA Hills and they take that twilight oh. photo looking out from your 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 house and you see all the LA lights are like oh that looks so cool man we don't do that here we don't fucking do that here right in Texas you just get your professional pictures in the daylight with a lot of light whatever but LA I see them take those those pictures man those ooh then they got the drone yeah, I mean they, the ambiance you know oh, what, what is it what is it what is what are they gonna feel in their heart when yeah. they you look out of that window or out of that patio or whatever. The patio, sitting there with your glass of wine, overlooking all that twilight, the sun, the sun setting over there, you know, sunsets mm-hmm. in the west. And um, so, yeah, when you said the twilight photos, man, that does fucking tell a story. We never even, I never even think about doing twilight photos. No, I, that's, that's we a great. We are selling experience. Never, never forget about that. Yeah. And you want to, you know, bend your wife over the, the balcony. That's fine. That's what you want to do on vacation, right? Steve's exposing what he has on vacation. Okay. Hey, we're five beers in. <laughs> Man, you're going you're gonna to have to do this uh, two-part episode. <laughs> be, man. This, this is episode 200. Be. This is big. This is big. This is big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, it, it, let, let's share let's share, let's share some funny stories. What do you say? Funny stories. I want to hear your worst experience in Airbnb for the people out there. So so what was your big biggest mistake you made? Some horror stories. Federico? Oh, you're Federico. Micah? Uh, <laughs> I was looking at your picture. My horror story? Yeah. We, they they want to say, oh man, it was oh. big. Why Remember your story it? when you we very first started out. You told us your story of what how they shut down your complex of doing oh, Airbnb. Yeah, this episode, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll do a quick reversal. What the, when I first started Airbnb, I started out of a condo. This is, y'all can find this story probably on like the between the first ten episodes. <laughs> so basically, I started off in a condo, and the HOA was against it. So Mahogany, you know she, you know she's more of an investigator. She started talking to this older guy who'd been there for years. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, they used to be fine with it, you know. He goes, but we had this guy, you know, he was he was doing Airbnb, you know, and but he ended up, I guess, this either this dude started leasing to this dude full time to be like a corporate rental or this guy just kept booking his place. But anyway, he was basically running a prostitution ring out of his whole, <laughs> out of his unit. It was out of a condo. 
And like he would like have these people over, they'd be having sex in the swimming pool, like in the swimming pool, like this no open way. area where everybody can look down and see. It. So he's like, Oh, yeah, that's when they stopped it. You know, he was doing, you know, he just had and like uh, he ended up having to sell his place because they were like, dude, you gotta go, bro. You you running. And they found out he had this whole prostitution ring, pimps were in and out, holes were in and out. So yeah, it was uh that, that was probably the worst experience, but I wasn't involved with it. I was indirectly involved with it, which had me shut down. So yeah, that was the probably the worst one for me. A family wants to go use the pool, and there's the uh, pimps and hoes over there. <laughs> you got five more minutes left, brother. Hurry up! <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was probably my worst experience. Better. What's your worst Airbnb experience? Oh man, there were so many, but that, I, I was just remembering one because my my friends always laugh at this one. Uh, I mean, it's not. The, I, I don't think it's the worst one, but it, it's really funny. Uh, you know, talking about renting to third parties, I had this guy from New York who was renting for his friend, right, a girl. So this guy, he, he, he was a bald guy. He, he was in his thir- late 30s, 40s. Uh, he made a booking for this friend that apparently was his girlfriend. And she was like 21, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this girl came over. She was partying. She was bringing this dude that she, he, the, 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 you know, it was like, like, like the, the lover. So turns out the guy was smoking on the hallway. And at some point, I caught him smoking in the hallway and started shouting at him on the ring camera, right? <laughs> and my friends loved that video because it's me in my, in my weird accent saying, you can't smoke in, in the building. I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to call the authorities. Uh, <laughs> and then when I told the guy that, you know, his friend was bringing another dude to, to the apartment, he got super, super emotional because apparently it was, again, the, the boyfriend or something. Uh, and this girl was bringing a dude over to the apartment. Um, but yeah, we got a few, a few. Uh, then we got an, another place that we we launched. It was an a, a apartment complex uh, over in Dallas. We got, um, we, we, we set it up first night, open it for, for bookings, local, no reviews. She made, she, she books for uh, last minute, right? She came, you know what it says not possible at the top? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to take her because she was like, she had this weird story, right? She was like, yeah, I made the, uh, I, I was booked at another place, but they kicked us out. So I'm looking for another, a different place because the owner lied to us. So we're looking for a different place to go. Uh, it's me and my son and she's my brother or something like that. Man, they were partying hard until like 3 a.m. Remember, Steve? Until like 5 a.m., man. That was 5 crazy. 5 a.m. And, you know, and... and, and she was saying that she she had a handicap. Uh, how do you say? It? Autistic. I think it was autistic. Okay. Yeah, aesthetic uh, son. Uh, and she was saying, "No, it's my son that is that is jumping." Um, no, they were partying. And we they were partying see the all night. Partying and smoking. We and, got kicked out of that place. Yeah, we took two, <laughs> three bookings, so we had to shut down the place. <laughs> and then she tried to book another place of ours. Oh my Remember? god! Later she on. She tried to book another place of ours. I was like, no, no way. And she was like, you're getting sued for discrimination. I already <laughs> won so many lawsuits. <laughs> because in your review, you said I was blaming my kid for, for the noise. Well, um, well, <laughs> that's crazy. Mike Brown, what's your craziest Airbnb story? 
Oh man. Um I don't know if it's craziest, but probably the most weird and unfortunate. I don't know. Basically, and I may have talked about this on a previous show, like very, very briefly. So this is earlier on in my journey where I didn't know how to screen guests. And I had a good feeling that when they booked that there was something like funky mm-hmm. with this, this, this booking. Um, one of the red flags, we didn't talk about it earlier, but, you know, non-communication from the guests. Mm-hmm. They book, whether it's an instant book or request, two, three weeks, maybe even a month before. And after multiple, like, communication attempts, they don't say anything until the day of check-in or after check-in, right? So you know that there's something up. And they were like, oh, the day of, they were like, oh, you know, um, uh, I, I did this from my desktop or whatever, and uh so on and so forth so I, I wasn't checking the messages which i don't know if you guys do this as co-hosts or just in general is i know that some people say hey thank you for booking blah blah blah. we suggest that you download the airbnb app or vrbo app whatever they whatever it is so that you can get update communication so on and so forth because it goes a long way i mean you gotta think about it nowadays there's all types of guests that are booking whether it's you know young guests older guests so on and so forth so they may not know necessarily what to do. Right. In this case, this person had no excuse. They're like 22, 23, whatever, right? So very tech savvy, I, I assume. But um, so they, they, they booked, um, you know, they had uh, some small issues checking in, but we got them in. And one thing, this is one of those scenarios. This is a, a one, actually, I take that back. It was a two-day booking. And so I was like, okay, that kind of let my guard down a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to be a party, so on and so forth. It was a Friday and Saturday night booking. And so they wanted to get in a little early. You know, nobody was checking in or checking out the same day, so we let them in early. Uh, and then I started seeing, like, this party stuff go in. Like, you know, oh, these, shit. you know, things, alcohol, like, other kind of drinks, um, snacks, all that kind of stuff. I was like, this is a lot of stuff for, you know, just a few amount of people that you said was on the reservation. Mm. Next thing I know, people started showing up around nine or 10 o'clock. People just started, kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. At the peak, I think there was maybe about 17 people in this two bedroom, um, <laughs> essentially. And so we had the noise monitors, so that picked it up. Uh, we also had, had cameras, obviously, because once I started seeing the people come in initially, I was like, wait a minute, I'm gonna keep an eye on this. And so I don't know if, so this is another thing too, with your VAs, you know, see if they have uh, video monitoring as a part of their service, potentially, or something like that you can add on, because that's oh, another yeah. layer of protection uh, in addition to the, the noise monitoring. And so we started to see these people come in, and we're like, okay, well, it hasn't gotten loud yet, so we'll, we'll let them, you know, maybe they'll, they're just coming in. Because, you know, sometimes people book a place, and they're like, okay, we're going to pregame here, and then actually, you mm-hmm. know, do something somewhere else. Yeah. In this scenario, they did not just pregame. They just stayed the whole <laughs> night. So um, it was about maybe 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning. They were still loud and rowdy. And the, the bad thing that made it really bad about it, because the neighbor, they were, they were really cool. And I think they were actually out of town that weekend, too. So it was perfect. Is they were congregating on the front, or sorry, on the back porch, mm-hmm. which is kind of exposed, right? And then at some point, they were also congregating on the front porch. So as you know, that's a huge liability, not only because people can see that, 
but also the noise level on exterior, not even interior. Right. Um, and so we're like, hey, you need to make sure you go inside, so on and so forth. And then, you know, it just got to be too much. And we said, hey, uh, we realize you guys are throwing a, a gathering or a get together, a party. We have to tell you to shut it down or we have to, you know, have our private security come out there to escort you out. You know, they said, oh, okay, we'll do blah, blah, blah. They didn't do it. So we called our private security out and they were there within like 15 minutes, I think, uh, which is re- one of the reasons why we, we implemented this uh, early on because we were still learning so on and so forth. Now, I mean, to be honest, we haven't had to use our private security in like, you know, seven to nine months um because our screening on the front end is so robust but at that time uh they called security out they came out and said hey you guys uh anybody that's not on the reservation you need to get out right now they gave them the courtesy of staying the night they could have kicked them out at that point and said hey you got to find somewhere else to stay but think about it 2 a.m i mean Mm -hmm. where where are you going to find somewhere to stay let alone let alone an airbnb hotel probably yeah but um and so in that scenario uh, you know, they left the next morning, so on and so forth. Now, the, the bad part about the situation, because they didn't damage anything, gratefully, because uh, we've had people that have stayed longer that have damaged up, is, you know, we went to Airbnb and said, hey, we're, we're kicking them out because of this. We provided the documentation from the officer coming, what their fee or charge was, because at that point it was a retainer. And um, they actually bought a pet, too, because we had the cameras. And they didn't disclose they were bringing a pet. So for one, they're like, hey, we need to make sure we get the pet fee for this and we need to get a charge for the extra guests. Now, I would ask you to guess what they did in this scenario, but I'll tell you. So what they did is they charged the guests for the pet fee because we had the documentation. They charged the guests for the extra guests. Now, what they did not do, which which was also in our house rules, is that they did not charge them for the other night that they did not stay that we kicked them out for. Oh, shit. So in my, in my opinion, that's kind of a reward for the guests for bad behavior. Fuck when yeah. in fact, they should have been charged for all of that. Let right? me mention something, something about that real quick. Whatever mm-hmm. you put on your house rules as extra fees, the Airbnb won't really impose that, you know, into the guests' uh, resolution. So whatever you write on your house rules, like there's going to be $1,500 for party penalties, there's going to be this much for this penalty, whatever you write on your house rules, Airbnb is not going to give. We've learned that, unfortunately. I mean, Yeah. yeah. So what's the way to do it is for any of those things, you need an invoice. So if they throw a party and you say there's a $1,500 party fee, you need an invoice from cleaning saying that it was a $1,500 cleaning fee that you had to pay to, which of course is a lot of money, right? But you need an invoice. Otherwise, <laughs> they're not going to impose that fee into them. Hmm. So whatever you're right, I mean, you can have it to scare people and I have it on my house rules. It says these are the extra fees for extra cleaning or the removal additional cleaning, whatever it is, I have it over there, you know, mm-hmm. unauthorized pets, whatever it is. But Airbnb is not going to impose those fees for on your behalf. That's so where the need... deposit comes in. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you need to keep that in mind. And another thing you want to do is, you know, where you have your additional guest, uh, 
what, what what's it called on Airbnb when you, when you can charge per extra guest? There's a section, uh, right? Special fees or additional fees, yeah. Yeah, so on your additional fees, let me go real quick and tell you exactly what I'm talking about. But in, on your Airbnb listing, there's a section where you can determine if you want to charge more for having uh, additional guests. Yeah. He, he, here's the logic, right? If your property can host up to six guests, you can say your rate is for four guests, but if you're bringing in more than four up to six, you want to charge additional money, right? You want to charge, um, I don't know, 15 bucks a night, 35 dollars a night for additional guests. What I do, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. No, no uh, that's uh, it's called extra guest fee. Mm-hmm. I says after this amount of guests, I'm charging this amount per night. Some people use it again, some people use it if you want to bring more than the regular amount of people. But you, what I do is at every listing, I charge more $30 more after the total capacity of the place. So if my one bedroom apartment is for three people, I see that, that after three people, I charge $35. So if I had the proof that more people stayed, I can claim that to Airbnb. Yeah, I do the same. Yeah, what, what I do is for when it exceeds the number of uh, people that can fit in beds, that's when I charge extra. Mm-hmm. So granted, yeah, that's, that's you, what you I have do. three I beds, just... that's what, two, four, six, six people. Now, exactly. granted, even if you have an air mattress or a sofa, if you're going to bring those extra people, you got to pay for it kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's either, either way. I mean. Um, yeah, but the, the good thing is that if you use that, you can show to Airbnb, okay, I had 15 people. This is how much I need to charge per additional person. Yeah. Mm. And, I, I, and they, I and they did something. that They they because we had all the, the footage. And the thing mm-hmm. about uh, the noise aware is if you have uh, what I think is still in beta version right now is if you have the crowd detector, it'll tell you exactly how many uh, people are in the place, like how many mobile devices are in the place at any particular hour. That's why you need you, the minute. Did yeah. you get the minute? Did you get the minute email that I sent you the other day? They're testing. They're gonna be. They're gonna having an a crew to go to properties when it's crowded. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna be providing the security service, but they're that's, they're testing it in the UK first, mm-hmm. and then they may roll it out in in the US. But that that's that that'll be amazing, man. Have the minute system recognizing there's a crowd and then sending someone right away that's a game changer you you know i uh it, yeah it's 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 smart on their part because as they know as regulations start to come down hard in the u.s which i'm sure it's already being done in the uk that is probably the number one thing that people get shut down for of course. Uh, or there's issues right so if they know that they can they can help prevent that they're gonna have host calls and everybody coming to them to just to, to sign up for that you know man one neighbor complain and you're done i mean it is funny part right you know sorry sorry to butt in but uh we're talking about our crazy stories we have a we have a airbnb over there in dallas in lower greenville area not you know whatever it's up and coming area and so we had a <laughs> we got the cameras we got everything going on and um we noticed one night excuse me my, I think my wife told me because she she's on the she's on the cameras too, but she said, "Hey, there's this, 
the, you looks like your neighbor keeps knocking on the door at, at um, your Airbnb because it's in a com- little, little bitty complex, you know, 10, 10, 12 units, whatever. And, and so sure enough, I'm looking at the video. I look at the video after the fact. And it's, it's the neighbor, it's, a, it's this white girl coming over and knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Nothing. She goes back to her place, comes back out, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Of course, just looking at the video, you don't see or hear the sound, right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I guess after a few times of doing this back and forth, someone finally answered the door and she's like, you know, you see him talking and stuff. So, so I was like, I go, I go back to the first video and I start listening to the, to the audio, right? And, um, and so... I hear, um, and, and the guest staying there, you know, tall, slender brother, and uh, and a voluptuous sister, and, and so they were. They, <laughs> you already know where I'm going with the story. So, <laughs> canopy beds, don't get canopy beds. Anyways, so anyways, um, we put the audio on of this, and so me and my wife are listening to this, and and you just hear, well, you hear R B M R R and B music going on, you know, and then you hear just ah 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 like screaming like at the top of the lungs bloody murder you know my wife's looking at me like why can't you, why can't you? anyways <laughs> so i'm like this loud i was like god dog and it's got thin walls at this place too so the neighbor keeps knocking trying to get their attention and finally i guess they open the door but the the one thing i pointed out was the neighbor come out there with like some daisy dukes and like a halter top on you know this white girl and i was like was she knocking on the door to tell them they're being too loud or was she trying to get an invite to the show? <laughs> wow. Because apparently he was, doing ah! some, he was doing some damage in there. Man. And on that note, like episode, episode 200, everybody. <laughs> oh, real quick, man. Real quick, real quick. What's going on in Dallas, man? <laughs> what? Oh, I take that back. That is not my craziest story. Oh, if you want me to tell it real quick. Look at the WhatsApp chat. Look what I sent because I we didn't send this to two guys uh, on the group. <laughs> the WhatsApp look at chat. The, look at the WhatsApp chat well, right now. Is, okay, my question is that the people that did that? No, no, no. This is a okay. different. They, they were not staying with us. It oh, was just WhatsApp. a property and they just show up. So for context to everyone listening, Marine oh, camera. There was. Oh remember that one? God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when did Somebody this- came out of my properties like that one time too. Yeah. Naked. People, they just, they just, they just don't think that it's there. Like, I mean, you can see it on the wall. Like, I don't, is it, you think it's broke? Like, it was a he she. Nothing wrong with that. It was a yeah. Wrong. That's the oh, story. Dude, looks nice. like a lady. They got, they got dude, a nice. Like a lady. But the up tops are nice. They did a good job. The doctor. Um. So, what is your craziest <laughs> story, Mike Brown? Real quick. So my craziest story. This will be super quick. Um, take your time. Yeah. The, the 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 message I get in the app is, and this again, this is earlier on in my journey. This is actually our very first unit. This is probably my my like the very first issue ever that came up that wasn't uh, that wasn't the norm. <laughs> I get a message that says, "Hey, uh, I think you need to come down here, or can you give me a call when you get a chance?" That's all I get in the Airbnb message. I'm like, dang, I don't know what this could be, <laughs> and uh, I couldn't answer right away. So it was like maybe an hour later. And then uh, I said, hey, I'll get to you in a second, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, no worries. Uh, just call me when you can. So I finally called him. And it was a guy that had booked. It was just him on the reservation, I think. Initially, oh, it was him and someone else. And he said, hey, um, you know, I think you want to come down here and see what the damage is like. Um, you know, he, he was okay. He was like, I'll, I'll pay you for the damage, so on and so forth. And I was like, 
Well, what, what kind of damage you talking about? Like, I mean, you, I, I've never known a guest to come out forth, forthright and say, hey, I've damaged anything, so on and so forth. And he said, yeah, you know, um, and he flew down to Dallas or whatever. I guess he came to see, you know, one of his, his past girlfriends or mistress or whatever. He's like, yeah, my wife, uh, you know, caught us in the unit or whatever. And she, you no. know, threw a, a tamper or tampered, uh, whatever. Um, she was super upset and uh, some things got broken. I was like, damn. Oh, no. I'm just running through flashbacks to all these different movies and shows where the place is just super <laughs> trash and I, I, I just thought the worst. So I was like, all right, you know, I kept a calm demeanor. I said, hey, no worries. Send me a photo of, of what, what you see or what, what, what damages there are and uh, we'll get back to you. Mm. Uh, he, he was obviously super nervous. He was like in his early 20s. So I'm sure he was like, damn, well, are they going to like, you know, charge me? And then this is the time where we weren't taking deposits, so on and so forth. So mm. uh, all through Airbnb. And he's like, yeah, I'll pay for all the damages, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, just send it to me. And so he did that. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Uh, one was a broken mirror. Uh, the other thing was like some scratches in the wall, which we just painted and, you know, did some spackling over. And um Two cups were broken. That was it. Okay. And he made it seem like this, it was this grand thing, which I'm sure it probably was in the moment <laughs> when he got caught <laughs> and it, whatever would happen. So, uh, man, th those are one of the times you wish you did have a camera in the unit. No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I mean he 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 um he he wasn't injured or anything. Um, but he was like, yeah. Uh, I've, I've got to check out today or whatever, you know, I'll still pay for the extra for the days. He still had two more days left. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we went in and replaced and did what we needed to do, but, and he paid literally the, the, the same day we sent him the invoice and Airbnb, uh, through the resolution. That's one of the times where, where it was like, and maybe he thought it was going to be something more major, but again, he was young too, but, uh, that people have paid promptly with, without any issue at all. It was crazy, but um so, wow the whole situation it's like man like you nah. flew to dallas how did your wife find you for one just mm. <laughs> to, to, to catch you guys like i, I don't know i mean man, so the moral I, to this, yeah. with, uh, I mean you know when working for the airline like people with with the, the, the their miles accounts not trying not to be caught by their wives man i have some research <laughs> about that People are just trying, you know, they're saying, I, I'd rather not accrue miles because I don't want my wife to know. Oh, uh, <laughs> seriously. But, um, you know, I, I was just remembering that the, those lower Greenville units, those are fun to manage, right? So we are on them and they're really fun. The ones that I just sent you the video and it's the same one where we had so many stories. Like one, this one time I had this girl staying at 107. We have 107 and 207. So it's, you know, above uh, 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 and downstairs. And this guy, this girl is 107 is saying, hey, you know, the guests upstairs are being so loud throughout the week. The week. I don't know if you can do anything. I say, well, we're actually hosting that unit as well. So let me text the, 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 the guests. <laughs> and we were looking, you know, at the pictures. So it was one lady, different lady every night. <laughs> uh, then uh -oh. we got, uh, and then downstairs in the 107, this is a studio, a studio unit, right? And this is, guys, trust your gut feeling. And don't trust Steve Philly. <laughs> I just want remember, that money. Remember that, money. remember that wow. one? So this was there was a studio unit. A lady, you know, she sends a booking. She actually she sent she sent a, an instant booking, right? 
and she says, I'm I'm throwing a surprise party from for my husband. He's turning 50, and we're gonna have a few people over. I answer right away. Hey Becky, I remember her name. Hey Becky, you know, this is a studio unit. You can't have guests over here. It's maximum three people. This is gonna be suitable for a 50 uh, year old uh, birthday. Just please cancel the reservation. She was not answering, not answering. I just went ahead and canceled the reservation. There's an option on Airbnb that says, uh, you know, that they're gonna throw a party. I put it over there. They let me cancel penalty free, whatever, because it was an actual party gonna happen. And it was documented too that they said it, it was documented that. right they here. Yeah. Right. Now she she got, she picks up the phone and she starts you know sending messages like hey uh you know I'm not gonna throw the party over there I just wanna have you know we're gonna stay here we're gonna do the party someone else I just wanna stay here please accept my booking please don't cancel I can't find anything whatever whatever I say no I'm not gonna take it Steve was yeah. like yeah let's let's you know she said she's not gonna throw a party my wife was helping us at that time she was like yeah let's just let let, it, let her book I was like no I had this gut feeling it's gonna go wrong right. They put 15 people in a freaking studio unit. Oh, <laughs> no. 15 people. Uh, I got by home. I was, a, I was at a birthday party, and I'm three hours ahead, right? So I got like 2 a.m. in my house. It was like December, January, right? But I think it was December. Man, I look at the video. I just opened the ring camera. You know, I was trying to call the phone number, and no one was picking up. It was, actually, it was, you know, the return... It was like the, this phone has been disconnected. <laughs> so this line has been disconnected. So I just opened the ring camera. Man, people over here, listen to me. Look at me. If you have an Airbnb, put a ring camera. All right. Big mistake we did. We didn't put it on the listing that we have a ring camera. At that time, I didn't know. I thought that you had to disclose that you have a camera inside of your property. So we couldn't use that as a proof for Airbnb. Actually, we got we we got told off by everybody. It's like you need to put something in your list that it says that you have a ring camera. But uh, they put fifteen people. We couldn't get a penny out of that. They didn't trash the place, but you know it was dirty. But uh, the way that, that I was I actually managed to get them out, I just opened the ring camera. You know the 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 telecom option. I was like, hey 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 hey, who's out there? Hey, you need to get out. I'm gonna call the cops. <laughs> I'm funny someone picked up and was like, hey man, I mean this, this is not acceptable. You're gonna put 15 people in a, in a studio apartment, get out of there and call, and call the cops. They were could they you, were out of the place in 20 minutes. Could, could you have I mean it's a stretch, right? Mm -hmm. Could you have said, I don't know if you guys have August lock or some other type of locking system? No. You know either. every time the door is open and closed that an excessive amount of opening and close of the door, you know, could have been some type of party or a large gathering kind of thing, right? I mean, over a period of time, right? It's different if somebody's bringing in groceries and okay, open close, open close of, of a course of 10, 15 minutes, but over two, three hours, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just thinking outside. No, and we, we did got it. And he, there's a way you can, you can get a notification for that. There's a website, it's called let me find it here. Uh, because it's called if Dean does that. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ifttt.com. Yeah. Uh, and you can actually automate that. So you can put a lot of automation with that. And you can connect your auto log and it says if this log is being not, you know, active, send me an, send me an email. 
we did that for our air quality monitoring stuff that mm -hmm. we have in some of our properties. Um, if it, it hits a certain threshold or whatever, it'll send a, an email or whatever. Because we, we have it in the app, but unless a VA has it or somebody else has it, we won't. They won't get that notification. Yeah, so, uh, and we pick, we pick it up by through the VA. So we have a VA overnight that her job is to look at the cameras. So I have one specific VA from. She, she's doing a longer shift during the weekends, but from Monday to uh, till Thursday, she's doing like 3 a.m., which is when the other VA finishes, to 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. Which is when when I wake up, uh, she's just doing camera monitoring, and I tell them, okay, you, what you need to do is you you go through each property, you're gonna open the camera, you're gonna look for, through the history, mm -hmm. see what's going on, but you also need to open the live camera and turn on the audio, and see if there's any music or or or, or any anything going on in the property. Mm -hmm. Man, and they they caught. Un undercover pets, they caught people coming in, sneaking into the properties, they caught parts going on, music and everything. And they just, and they have, a, you know, they have this, this rule set. Okay, if this is happening, you need to text them for this. If this is happening, you need to tell them this. So I've kicked out people because of that? Or is... No, no, they haven't gotten to that already. It was that only one situation, but uh, they do message them saying, you know, like warnings you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I exactly. think that that makes sense. I mean, you should always, for everybody that's listening, you should always provide at least one warning to give them an opportunity to correct themselves, right. whatever that issue is. After that, then you can take action for whatever, you know, whether it's calling the police, calling your private security, so on and so forth. Uh, and let them know that, hey, we've told you, you haven't complied, so we're X, Y, Z. We're about to do, so, you know, so on and so forth. So. Well, this has been a great episode, guys. Yeah. We're going on two and a half hours or more. Wow. Yeah. The song. And, uh, <laughs> Flies, man. <laughs> this is episode 200 we're doing it with our partners here our partners in crime that you know we're doing we're some big things together this four-headed monster is going to change the industry the entire industry we got fans all over the world from here to spain south america north america all all over the continents man and so we we are uh, we're here to serve you guys we're here to serve the fans we love that you keep you know, keep clicking on us and checking us out and seeing what's going on in this um, short-term rental craziness going on. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mikey B. Thank you, Federico the fucker. Thank you, <laughs> Micah Man. <laughs> Iron Mike. It's Federico. Micah Man. Yes. So as I said, Fetty Facts. That's what his name is. His, his name would be Fetty Facts. I'm Stevie Stacks. He's Fetty Facts. Mike Brown <laughs> is uh, Iron Mike. And Mike I like the Brown. rhyme there that you did. I like that. Yeah, that's how I do. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all so much. Micah, you got some closing thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Thank you all for continuing to listen. Uh, to Hundo. Yeah, to Hundo. Uh, by the way, we're going to have a few clubhouse rooms coming up. So definitely check out our clubhouse rooms that are coming up. Uh, we have another event, I believe, Q2. So if anybody wants to fly in, we had a couple fly-ins last time, want to fly in, kick it with the crew. Do that. And uh, yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen to us, man. It's been great. 200 episodes. Man, I can't wait till we hit 300, man. Wait till we hit 1,000. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah thank y'all for continuing to listen. And uh, yeah, we got big things coming and uh, be on the lookout. Yeah. Peace. We are Cheers. out. Salud. Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.